Hello, everyone out there. This is Patrick Stewart <laughs> from movies like The X-Men and also Star Trek. I'm in a movie that they're going to be talking about. But someone out there said that Patrick Stewart doesn't like hip-hop. And I just want to co- quote something really quick from one of my favorite artists, Nas. Rappers, I monkey flip them with their funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition. Oh, man, I'm like Scarface sniffing cocaine, holding an M16 with a pen I'm extreme. There you go. Hope you guys have a great show. And anyone says I don't like hip-hop, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Someone get all these random-ass celebrities out of my fucking room. Every time I do a damn show, Macho Man's Ghost or fucking Patrick Stewart, Peter Griffin, all of them just jump in here. I think I hear voices in my head. I think that I might be like Moon Knight. I'm not sure. Anyways, hey guys, how you doing out there? This is another episode of Dane Rants, show in which me and a co-host of my choosing, because I am the, uh, the, the supreme intelligence. That's a Marvel reference. Sorry, that didn't really work out that well. I'm not that smart. Uh, we talk about stuff uh, in the world of you know, whether it be television or movies and right now we're going to actually break down our thoughts on dr strange we're going to go over moon knight's final episode and talk about phase four what we've seen so far and then the end of phase four that's coming up in phase five which will bring us the x-men and uh other stuff too some family of four people but i can't do this by myself joining me again because he didn't have enough of me last time nick smith Nix, what is going on with these celebrities, like, you know, just jumping in and taking my fucking mic and just doing whatever? He was on a wheelchair, and I couldn't even beat his ass. Uh, well, I mean, I think he just mind controls you and then, like, makes you sit off to the side and then, you know, likes to get his uh, his little bits in. And then, you know, he's off before, you you know, you can stop him. And that's just what happens. And, I mean, come on. Macho Man? Wait, what, are you going to take Macho Man? Like, come on, dang. I mean, you you yeah. wouldn't be able to take me, brother, even if he fucking said he could. Uh-huh. Uh, see, see another. Yeah, no, you can't take him. I mean, he just said it. I mean, it's Bonesaw McGraw. So, like, how the hell am I supposed to deal with that? You know? Uh. Now, the one guy that you should be able to take is Peter Griffin. Like, come on, you can't I'll take Peter. Shut up, a bitch! Why don't you get your ass over here and fucking? You know, Quahog, and we'll fucking fight about it. I fight chickens. Yeah, we will, I Peter. How about chickens. that? We will. I, I, I fight other chickens out of the net and Homer Simpson, so I will whoop your ass. Meh. Yeah, bring it. Bring it on, Pete. God, dude, I'm just, I'm done with this. It's just like, it's like I have voices in my head. I'm, I'm going to whoop Peter's ass for you. You got my word. He's fat. Just hit him in the belly. I will. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Pete. Trying to do a show. All right, so let's start this off, man. Guys, this is going to be spoiler heavy. So if you don't want us to spoil uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness or the last episode and the season itself in a whole of Moon Knight, go and watch them and then listen to this. It should be yeah, an get easy Get the fuck out of here. Hey, get the fuck out of here. I'm Ray Donovan. All right, that's not Ray Donovan. That was Peter again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So we saw it last night. Um, I think I think the way I stated it on Facebook at least uh, really adheres to my opinion on it. Um, I think it was 
awesome Sam Raimi movie. Probably, and I don't know if this was his last one, but I would say probably one of his best, like, scary movies, Nick, since Drag Me to Hell. Um, yeah. And that's the one thing I will say, Nick, and I'll pass it to you next to get your general thoughts. This movie's a lot scarier than I think that people are going to perceive because it's an MCU movie. I would be mad if I'm a parent. I've already told friends of mine that have kids, don't take kids to go see this because they're, like, <laughs> real young. This is not your Iron Man. You know, this is not happy-go-lucky. There's some scary stuff, and it's a very murderous Scarlet Witch. Brutal, <laughs> carry Scarlet Witch. What do you think, what is your general thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? I loved it. Um, I I really think, I think you, you nailed it. It, it is uh, very much a Sam Raimi movie. I think it's great because it's equal parts Sam Raimi movie and equal parts MCU movie. And I think it's the, the closest... I think it's the first Marvel movie to be equal parts. Usually, maybe the first one since Phase 1 anyway, um, where you had things like Thor. When when it was still in its infancy, they seemed to give, like, directors a little more leeway to make their own thing. Um, Whereas the further we got into it, the more sort of control that uh, Kevin Feige got. And this is not a knock on Kevin Feige at all, but, like, the movies became more branded, more this is an MCU movie, whereas this movie really, really felt like a Sam Raimi movie, and I loved it. I loved especially the second half of the movie, and we could talk uh, when we get into sort of the, the spoiler um, part, you know, past our general thoughts uh, about basically Derrickson leaving the project and Sam Raimi coming on, and it does kind of have a feel where – you could say this kind of does feel like two movies in one, uh, and there's almost like a, a split that happens. We can also talk about the fact that uh, this movie was pushed way further back on the timeline than it originally was supposed to be. But I think for all the challenges that Raimi faced, I think the fact that this movie had so so many little things that they had to figure out along the way uh, – the two things, two aforementioned things there. I think he nailed it. I think it was great. I love the aspects. I love the Sam Raimi aspects. I love the way the the little tracking shots that he does, the little uh, camera tricks uh, w- where he's basically shoot. Like there's a scene where he's shooting uh, where you're you're seeing things from inside a watch, which I think was fucking awesome. Uh, there's uh, a few different scenes where. Some of the horror aspects that you had mentioned where like uh, there's a there's a particular scene where a character within a photograph comes to life that was very off putting and unsettling. And I thought that was great. Uh, he does a lot of great reflection work in this movie, uh, whether, whether it be through mirrors or water or other things in kind of use of reflection, I think is great. I think he fucking kills it. Uh, it, with what he with what he could do, you know, like obviously he wasn't on this picture from the beginning, but I think he really did salvage this movie. I think if you bring on just a sort of gen- generic director and it, you don't have somebody really put a stamp on the movie, I don't think it, it's nearly as enjoyable for me. I don't think it's nearly as successful. I don't think 
what makes this movie so charming is there. So I loved it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was terrific. I thought there are some great performances in it. There are some things that I I have uh, some 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 minor issues with that we'll get into. But overall, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, man. Um, I love the horror displayed in this. I think it's definitely, you know, the the scariest movie that Marvel has taken on as far as allowing the director to go to those realms. I mean, it's not like it's overly gory or any. Well, I don't know. I mean, that scene, <laughs> there's there's at least two parts that are pretty fucking gory. Like and not like heads, literally. Yeah. Yeah, not like um, it's not gory in in the way that like you know like a Saw movie or some shit like that is, or like an Eli Roth movie. But I do think it's got like it's definitely made me t- twice in the theater go like ooh, <laughs> like whoa, like holy shit, like I can't believe that's in a fucking MCU movie. Um, so yeah, and we'll like like I said, once we get into spoilers, we can kind of talk about those things. Here's a question to you I just kind of want to propose. Yeah. The Scarlet Witch version of of Wanda from this mm-hmm. against Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, or if that's too powerful, without it. Who's the more powerful villain so far, basically, between the two? I would probably still say Thanos. But yeah, I would be close, man. Like... Dude, can we just go ahead and jump into spoilers? I know you throw in the spoiler thing at the top anyway. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's open season. If you haven't seen it, it's your fucking fault for listening. Basically. She fucking wrecks the Illuminati. Like, fucking wrecks them. And, like, <sighs> goddamn. And, dude, I fucking loved it. Now, I, there are some problems that I have with that. But I do love it for two reasons. I love that, A... She just fucking annihilates them. And B, like, I like when, like, Disney, Feige, the MCU, whatever, kind of trolls the audience a little bit. Like, I get a kick out of it because I don't, I'm not the, generally speaking, I'm not the kind of person who gets, like, so overly invested in seeing something that I'm just, like, I get, like, upset when, like, you know, for for example, the, um, the Quicksilver Ralph Boner thing. I like. I didn't think it was funny on itself, but I thought the meta part of it was funny because I knew like everybody was like so clamoring for the, the Fox version of Quicksilver, and I was like, damn, they literally were just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and I just think that shit's funny. So like, well, as a flip flop, I will say you shouldn't put a character in a fucking television show if you don't want your audience to think it's going to happen and not just be a dick joke, basically. I don't, yeah, no, it's fine. You're obviously, that hits hits a, a certain bone with you. Um, but, uh... Oh, come on. Hey! Uh, but, like, no, I mean, I, I got a kick out of it. I thought it was funny, and the fact that they introduced the Illuminati just to fucking kill, I guess, all of them. I don't think Mordo died. I think he was still down in that, uh... That pit where Strange left him, I believe. I don't remember him dying. That that Strange could easily jump out of, and Mordo was like, all right, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, I guess Strange, like, kind of jumped off of Mordo uh, onto the wall and then up, so he had something to propel his jump where Mordo wouldn't. 
have that thing. I think is kind of what we were led to believe there. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, I loved it, dude. I loved it. I loved, um, I, like, okay. So I loved it overall. Here's my problem with the Illuminati. And then we can kind of work our way backwards to the, the bulk of the movie. Um, these are supposed to be the smartest fucking people on the face of the earth. Now, I could see why a blind spot for them would be Doctor Strange. However, they seemed a little too cocky. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards seemed a little too nice. Like, not not that smart. Um, I did not – not that I don't think Krasinski could pull off Reed Richards – I just don't think, like, this – I hope this isn't the version of Reed Richards that we get, even if it is Krasinski, because um, he's just, like, I don't know, like, kind of kind of seems like a super nice guy who's just kind of trying to be, like – Well, to be fair, even though this one's probably dealt with a bunch of shit based on his beard and him being a part of the Illuminati, Reed Richards has always made fun of for being such a nice guy and also being one of the most intelligent – people in his universe okay, he's usually fair not a enough well i guess okay fair enough i mean I think what do you mean you guess well there's different iterations man like the the iterations right. of like of, the, of, the first movie he was extremely nice any per- perception in the comics i've always seen him like that version so find me a bad version nick i'm not saying bad i'm just saying like a little like grouchy. a little bit yeah a little grouchy a little arrogant a little like um see that's not Reed Richards I, almost I see I think it is a little bit at least like he's he's yeah if you try I to mean, throw it not, out there into the ether I mean I just I just think I we have a difference of opinion here um but like, I think my opinion's based off a lot more knowledge I would say well I think my opinion's I don't know man I mean I you've definitely read more comics than me I mean I guess I'm basing it off of um, some other people's opinions that I respect and just like the, the bits of Reed Richards that I have seen or read. And like, I don't know. He's just, I, I think he's, I also, I just think the performance this, is a little, by the way, I just want to say to everyone, this has nothing to do with John Krasinski because no, if they put no, another no, 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 actor, no. I'm just no, saying we, we love Krasinski. Like I love, no, Krasinski. no, no, no. What I'm saying is I'm not saying this in defense of John Krasinski. I just know Reed Richards very well as a character. I've read from multiple different years and stuff. Um, so just throwing out, it's like saying that if you were to say that Wolverine's not that aggressive, that like nice is nice and intelligent are like usually the two things that define Reed Richards pretty much. Okay. Well, I, I yeah. Okay. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just fucking wrong. Um, but like, I don't know. I don't, also, like I was saying, I think the performance is like a little stilted. Like it feels like, um, like they weren't able, able to kind of film this together. Like his his, um, the the dialogue feels a little off. But okay, if you don't want to give me that, at least give me this. Why are you gonna tell fucking Wanda like, hey Wanda, this guy can kill you just by opening his mouth? Probably not the I, best thing to tell her. Like, you're the smartest person in the world. Why are you giving her the upper hand on not this only situation? That, Black Bolt <laughs> is so ridiculously intelligent, there's no way that he would scream if he knew that his mouth was blocked. Sure. Uh, like, that's that was one thing I was like, that's so out of character for him. This guy's a god, basically. Yeah. And it, 
And is it, like, why don't we? Um, I want to do go over the Illuminati themselves, and then we can kind of talk more about their deaths and how fucking ridiculous they are. By the way, that was one of the two deaths where I was like audibly like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like <laughs> that was um a very uh surprising and like crazy fucking death. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, literally, Reed Richards. Who everyone's happy John Krasinski's sees playing him because everyone wanted that, and then he dies by getting basically balloon headed, yeah. And she pops him, and Black Bolt, yeah. Just his mouth is. He decides to scream when he just found out that he can't. You know his mouth is closed completely, and blows out his own entire his own brain. Yeah, uh, basically. God, that scene was so fucking crazy, dude. Did she did she cut Haley Outwell's uh, uh, Captain I think Carter? She cut her in half. Yeah, yeah. Did, is that what it did? She did that with the shield. Okay, I, yeah. I, I wanted to. That was the All impression right. that I got, yeah. So John Krasinski is Reed Richards. We already heard Patrick Stewart loved the X-Men, the AMA series, and uh, Hoover, whatever, that he's on, because mm-hmm. he's never had that in the X-Men movies, so that was kind no. of a cool little touch. That was Love cool. Kevin and Feige. even the music in the background, like it had like a little nuance of the yeah, yeah. animated thing. They literally did that. Did little did it. Like, yep. And he it was, it. like, so nicely woven in there. I like that. Um, uh, Anson Mouth, or Anson Mount, yeah, that's yeah. his name. Uh, he was black, uh, what you call Black Bolt, and the people are wondering why. It's because you didn't see the terrible Inhuman show that he played Black Bolt for. And I was happy that he was able to do this because I think he's a good actor. He was in, what was that, that uh, AMC television show where he was a, a cowboy about I think it was Hell on Wheels. Oh, okay, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good show. He's on he's on something right now that's doing really well. I don't know, maybe it's Succession or whatever the fuck that everyone's talking about with uh, Brian Cox, but it's not. I heard I heard what it was a, a couple days ago, but um, but I can't remember what it was. But good on him for being able to play Black Bolt. I love to see the character again. I kind of wanted Vin Diesel just because he was literally supposed to play him in a movie before that fell through. They made the television show with someone else, and then he did the voice for Groot. So I thought yeah, that would have been a little nod. I nice thought about nod. this. I thought about this, and I bet you Vin Diesel wouldn't agree to do it if they were just going to kill him. Or he wanted Tyrese to have a role and to get paid as much as him. Yeah, that could have been it too. And they were like, "Dude, we have literally have no place to put Tyrese." Yo, bro, that's my guy. You gonna bring him in? No, hey, no, we're not doing Tyrese that, wants to be the Green Lantern. This is not. This. this is not. This is not the Fast series, bro. You don't get whatever you want. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Justin Lin. <laughs> Dude, Jesus, uh, I just can't believe that franchise. They're gonna go bankrupt because they have to pay their fucking uh, cast just to sit around. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But uh, anyways, yeah. So you had him. You had um, obviously Haley Outwell coming back as uh, Peggy Carter, Agent Carter, Captain mm-hmm. Carter. And then um, it was really nice seeing uh, Lashana Lynch playing Captain Marvel, basically. So a little, uh, you know, change up of Maria Rambo in her universe gets it before I would assume Carol uh, gets it. Uh, so that was all really cool. It was, it was, it was cool. It was awesome. I really wanted. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna. Be, I wasn't mad about any cameos. Nothing was, you know. Exactly, like this is definitely going to happen. There was nothing like that. 
I think the hype of people wanting to see a lot of different characters in this, whether it be a Tom Cruise Iron Man or Tobey Maguire back as Spider-Man or a lot of those things was because of No Way Home and what Mm -hmm. they set up. And they were able to keep most of it pretty quietly, I would say, Nick, um, for who is going to be in it. Uh, And they did a great job. They ended up having everyone, all the fucking villains, all three Spider-Man, even the Matt Murdock coming back, Charlie Cox, Daredevil scene was real. So I think between that, the rumors, and then also, I don't know. I mean, I, I know Kevin Feige was not happy with the campaign. Uh, as far as the commercials and what they showed, because he thinks they showed way too fucking much in the commercials. I would agree with him. Uh, the idea of the Illuminati being in this, with Patrick Stewart's voice being prominent in the trailer, what I'm saying is, and also the the disclosure going out to people that came to Cinecon that, that we we're only going to show the first 20 minutes because there's so many people involved in this. Um, all of that collectively, I think people have, it's understandable if you did want to see a couple more people thrown in there since they're going through the multiverse. So I can get that. But at the same time, I hope that didn't deter people to disliking this movie because all the qualities that were brought up as far as Sam Raimi with his directing and Danny Elfman's awesome score and and working with Sam again and just the horror elements I think were great. It just sucks that because of many things, and also a lot of the shows, Loki, showing the multiverse, all that type of stuff, it's like... That can deter someone's opinion on it uh, based on what they don't get. And, I mean, I've never seen Star Wars fans do that, so um, it's this is brand new just to the MCU. If, if you don't get what you want, you might not like it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I wasn't necessarily disappointed by the lack of cameos. I, thought, I did think there would be more, um, especially because, you know, I heard some of the buzz about it. Um, but no, I mean, I was fine, fine with it. I would have preferred not knowing that, uh, Professor X was going to show up. That would have been a much cooler moment to experience in theater. Cause I really do think that was the biggest cameo and it was already spoiled in the trailer. So, and they shot it like it was supposed to be a big reveal because he's the last one you see. So yep. it was, it was like. Obviously supposed to be a big reveal. You all knew it was coming. I think it would have had so much more impact if they had not revealed that in the trailer. And I don't – I mean I just don't know. I don't think you needed to. Like I really don't. And then you know, I had heard too that it was revealed in a TV spot that Haley Atwell was going to be in it. And I was like, damn, they put that in like a fucking TV spot? Like I didn't see it, so I didn't like know she was going to be in it. But uh, yeah, I would – I would have not had really any of those at all. Like, I think you could have just kind of teased the whole situation, let it be known that Baron Mordo was going to be in it. I think that was because at that point you don't you don't know if it's the R R six one six Baron Mordo or if it was you know what we ended up getting, which is you know this this alternate universe's uh, Baron Mordo. I think that would have been better. Definitely, but, you know, I mean, that's not the movie's fault. <laughs> that's just, you know, these, these trailer, I guess whoever, Disney, whoever cuts the trailers, you know, like that's that's on them. So, but, I mean, it didn't deter me. Like, it didn't make me uh, not enjoy the movie anymore, but I do think it, it robbed a little bit of the surprise factor in the movie-going experience. Yeah. 
And like I said, I think the only ones that I was kind of more so expecting past what we got was possibly a Tom Cruise's Iron Man. I don't know. Whoever fucking got that one going, you got it all over the place, man, because whoever started that fucking rumor, people everywhere were starting to believe it. And then Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Tobey, obviously a part of Sam Raimi. This can be a part of his journey going home. That kind of made sense. And then Deadpool, because if you're going to have Deadpool be able to come into the MCU, which is now the 616 for all of you uh, comic fans out there, um, that would make a lot of sense. Him just show up and be like, where the fuck am I? And to just, you know, get out of Dodge or some shit. It, yeah, um, it seems like it, that definitely would have worked in some small capacity, even if it was like when they were transporting through different uh, multiverses, that scene where they went through, like, the paint one and all that different shit. Like, if it if they had just gone through one where, like, Deadpool was just, like, in it, and then it hung on Deadpool for a second, and he, like, kind of breaks the fourth wall, like, I feel like that would have been... That would have worked. Um, I, like, I, I don't need it, but uh, it would have... it. I think it would have been... It could have been pretty funny. Um, no, the only other person that I was necessarily expecting was Namor. Just because, I mean, he yeah. makes a lot of sense because uh, he's Illuminati. Uh, yeah, long history of, of being a part of the Illuminati. I think he was one of the original members, if I'm not mistaken. If not, he was definitely one of the key members in a lot of different iterations. But maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they just wanted to go with the characters that they had. Like I said, I didn't really have any any big gripes with any of the particular no. characters on, on the uh, on the council there. But um, but yeah, overall, I thought I thought it was, I thought the basically they're kind of a MacGuffin. Like they are there to explain some sort of exposition to Strange about you know basically why they don't trust him. So we, as an audience, understand why they don't trust him. Uh, and then they're there for fodder for cannon fodder for um, Scarlet Witch to just. Like I said, fucking wipe the floor with them, and I like I like the zag on that. Like it, it was it it was fine with me. I, I don't know how you felt about it overall, but I I was totally cool with it. Other than like I said, uh, Reed being like just not smart about the whole situation, and then like you said, I didn't really think about Black Bolt, but yeah, like why would Black Bolt? I, I guess it was just. It's a natural reaction to, like, panic when your mouth is, like, closed like that. Like, I I didn't take umbrage with that in in the moment, but I could see what you're saying. Mine was more focused on Reed. Like, and I know, I get, like, I don't know how you get around that because Wanda obviously doesn't know Black Bolt. So she has to... She has to be given the knowledge of what he can do before she's just going to, like, seal his mouth shut. But maybe... I don't know, maybe they could have had something where she, like, reads their minds or something. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think you need to get too over the top. I mean, she's already so OG that, like, maybe it wouldn't have mattered. But I just felt like that sort of bit of dialogue from Reed is is, is sort of weird, if you will. Out of character. Yeah, just very – like, uh, the one thing – I and they didn't really confirm this – I'm assuming all these versions are from this one Earth, and this is the Illuminati of that place. Because if this is supposed to be the top Illuminati throughout the multiverse, man, they fucking suck. And I really want to see maybe one on the MCU startup 
with maybe the correct members eventually because they're a very important thing, a part of the uh, 2000s uh, Marvel Comics, you know, when they first uh, sprouted up. And to be, uh, it was Reed Richards, Namor, Black Panther, who quit because they, their first decision was to send the Hulk to, to the fucking moon because he was destroying shit too much, even though all of them love Bruce Banner. So T'Challa, and then it was Captain Marvel wasn't. It was Iron Man. Um, I already said Black Bolt, and uh, I think that's about it. Doctor Strange. Those were the the main ones from the beginning. I think Captain Marvel, uh, Carol, and also uh, Captain America eventually joined them. Um, but so they 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 did their thing, you know. I I don't know. There there's other bones of contention I have with this film than them not utilizing the Illuminati to where I think they can. That can well, I just happen. don't think this is the movie where I don't think they're important to the story. And I don't like I don't mind them not getting like sidetracked on the story. Like, let's can we can we take a step back and talk about the overall movie now? Sure. Is that, OK, um, so I loved the pacing. It jumps right the fuck in. Like, you jump right the fuck in with Defender Strange and America Chavez, and A, I thought it was very interesting for them to sort of have the, um, you know, the, the sort of gray area strange. He doesn't want to, to take her powers because he knows she'll die, but he doesn't see another option. Um, and, and I'm like, that's fucking – that's a bold choice, you know, and how to start the movie, but it, I think it sets everything up kind of nicely. It, you know, it, it has its payoff at the end, but I love the pacing because it goes from there. Then it comes to our world where Strange is having to go to uh, to see um, what's her name's wedding. Why am I forgetting her name? Um, ba 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 ba. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Uh, I forgot yes, her, real, but, her yeah, name I was, is. Hold on, yeah. I'll find out. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um so we're going we're going to see her wedding uh and basically it jumps right, you know, we get a little bit of where Strange is at, you know, going going to the the love of his life's wedding. He, you know, just couldn't he couldn't make it work and apparently this is like a ongoing thing throughout the multiverse is that and even in what if, like he could never have her. Like it's it's a thing that just haunts him in all of these various universes and i think that's an interesting point i i I very much enjoyed that i think that essentially you know we go from there and then we get on the quest you know he says okay you know he sees dark strange sees the runes on this uh the, the the octopus cyclops thing and then you know, he's got to go get Wanda, and then that's when it's revealed, oh, shit, Wanda's the one, uh, you know, who was behind this whole fucking thing. And then, there, you know, it gets to the attack on Carmitage, and then it – once that happens, it, like, really flips into a Sam Raimi movie from that point. It, it's, like, during the attack on Carmitage. And, you know, from that point, we jump into the other universe – uh, we, you know, we go through through these all these different multiverses with with Strange and America Chavez to get to the multiverse in which we have the Illuminati. That whole shit fucking happens. 
shit hits the fan. He gets sent to this different uh, multi uh, multiversal reality where Strange has essentially broken the fabric of reality. Now, I was I was thinking this was going to be what if Strange. It's not what if Strange, but I like I it, it's revealed in a bit of dialogue that this strange was actually in the position that our strange was at the beginning of this movie where he leaves. Did you find out her name? What's her fucking name, man? I don't know why uh, I'm drawing uh, a fucking blank. Christine Palmer. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Christine, he leaves Christine's wedding and he goes, you know, back to the Sanctum Sanctorum and and goes fucking crazy. Like, he starts trying to do all this shit, he gets a hold of the Darkhold, rips apart the fabric of reality, and I guess all that's left is him. And now, so we now have three different Doctor Stranges that we know of that have done this. We have the What If one, we have the one that's in this movie, and then we have the one that's dead in this movie who destroyed a whole um, other multiverse, an, a, a different universe. So obviously strange is a big fucking problem. I but but I digress. So we get we get him in that. We get my favorite fucking scene in the whole goddamn movie right here where they have the music fight. The musical notes fight I thought was so Sam Raimi was so weird, so unique is by far the most unique fight in any Marvel movie. And I just fucking loved it. It had this almost Fantasia feel where you had this – the good strange and his notes that were like this, this kind of orange hue. And then you have the bad strange with the more reddish purple like uh, demonic hue and them going back and forth and fighting. And I just thought it was so unique and so awesome. And then it goes from that like this like sort of lighter um, – uh, like I said, Fantasia esque element with these these back and forth musical numbers uh, fighting with each other, and then he gets thrown out of the fucking window and impaled on a fucking fence. Like I was, that was my other moment where I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I can't believe they fucking did that, dude. Like that was Sam that, Raimi went there. Yes, he did. I'm I'm really surprised that uh, Disney let him go there, but I'm glad they did. That was fucking balls to the wall um and then like for you know basically for him to be like all right i gotta fucking use this dark hold so i can possess this the the body that i buried back on uh, my earth so i can stop wanda um i thought everything in the movie first of all i think it was a much smaller scale than any of us thought it would be would you agree with me there yeah i was expecting not not like end game level, but I would say the scale to the same size as No Way Home. No maybe. Way Home, right? Yeah. yeah, and it was not like it was just wasn't. Um, but I like much that. more contained. Yes, and I like that. I like the fact that it was a contained story. I know I'm sure some people would have a gripe with that, but like I can like I can explain that story to. You. I mean, I just did that what in like four minutes, like basically the whole whole movie. <laughs> like it's and and it, and it's at its essence, it is a chase movie. Like, it's basically Scarlet Witch chasing uh, America Chavez 
the whole fucking movie um, and different various Doctor Stranges helping her out along the way. And, I mean, really, two, but, I mean, she mentions that she's met a bunch of other ones. And she's gone through 76 different uh, multiversal planes, I believe she says. And, yeah, it's – um. It's uh, it's wild, man. Uh, like I loved the pacing. I loved the fact that it just like went from the start and then got us to the end, and like had everything in between. Uh, I I very much enjoyed that. I liked that it was it was not quite as um like like you said it was it felt pretty contained, and I actually kind of liked that because I think it allowed them to do other things that I really enjoyed it it allowed Sam Raimi to cook a little more than I think it would have otherwise and allowed him to to kind of do his Sam Raimi shit uh whether it be the musical notes battle or whether it be you know like we mentioned earlier where Wanda first shows up to possess other Wanda's body and you know the fact that you know, Wanda can sense something's off. She walks. She, the, the the picture of her, like, turns and looks. And then, you know, when the sort of lightning strikes and you see the Scarlet Witch, like, in the window, uh, the reflection of the window, like, all of that kind of shit was, like, ah, that was, like, so fucking cool. And um, the, the little tracking shots from the other side of the stairs, like, I think that was right in that scene, right, where – the, like the the posts of the stairs where the camera kind of creeps around them and you know Wanda's with the children uh good Wanda is with the children and then you know it kind of it jumps back like all these various shots that are so like remind me so much of like his work his early earlier work on movies like Evil Dead Evil Dead 2 Army of Darkness that whole trilogy um I just fucking loved it man I, I love all those little bits and I don't think maybe you get as much of that if it's this sort of grand sweeping epic. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I like the fact that it was a pretty contained story. It's a chase story. Um, it's a chase movie, rather, um, at its core. And I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, uh, I definitely dug it. Uh, as far as, I don't know, all the characters themselves and how they were so important the 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 main characters and the main characters I would consider would be Wong, obviously Doctor Strange, uh, America Chavez, uh, Scarlet Witch, and then even though I looked up her name, Rachel McAdams' character, I forgot what the hell uh, her name Christine. is. Christine. Thank you. Yes, and uh, I just I, I like. Want... Go ahead. I'm sorry. She's not going to get nominated, but this is definitely Elizabeth Olsen's best performance, I think, I, that I've seen. I agree. I agree, dude. Like, she's incredible God, she's... in this film. The fact that she's able to to go to like almost like a possessed version of herself that we've seen, even in WandaVision, where she's like so deep entrenched with this book uh, that makes her this dark and demented – and then seeing her jump and, and notice the other Wanda, the, the like you said, the good Wanda. It was such a great, great acting performance, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. When she, she was, was evil great. and she's killing people, she is evil and she really makes you think. She, like I said, Carrie, 
when she possesses yeah. the other Wanda and she's walking around with the blood, like, you know, on her yep. head. And she's just got the crusted. limp and she's following down the fucking hallway, dude. Like, oh, my God, dude, that that shit was legitimately fucking scary. And I fucking loved it. It was so good. Um, even just the way she emotes, like even early in the movie, like when she lets her guard down and she, you know, she has this, this spot where she's like, you didn't tell me her name, did you? And he's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, oh, damn it. And she was like, it was so much easier to cast this whole fucking spell. The lying part's way harder. Like, just like even that, or, or when she gives the line that she gives in the trailer where she's like, and she gives the little head nod and she's like, you know, when you do the same thing I do and when you do it, you're a hero. And when I do it, I'm the bad guy. I don't think that's fair. Uh, just her line delivery is so fucking great. The whole goddamn movie. Like it is a masterclass. It is a, uh, uh, like, God, she's so amazing, man. I don't know where, where I would like have her ranked as far as current actors in today's, um, landscape, but she would definitely be up there. Like pro- probably top 20 at least, I would say. Like, God, and she's just so good. It's aspects of the same character, but her fucking performance in WandaVision was incredible as Wanda. Oh, yeah. But like, or as the, the good Wanda, and that's what sucks is that this is I, – I will say this is kind of a separate note, but kind of ties into what I'm saying right now. I think I'm about, I'm about to, to agree with you hardcore. But um, go ahead. I don't know what you're going to say. That even though – Normally with MCU movies, television shows, I don't think you have to watch the past ones. You can still be self-contained. This series, you kind of needed to watch WandaVision, really yeah, to absolutely. understand that character enough. And the evolution of the character and how I – wa- I wish I rewatched the last episode because even though it was my least episode of the series and kind of is my problem with the, the Marvel shows, and we'll get into it a little bit, um, is that I think that they kind of tend to dip – right at the end because you're trying to do one act within three or four episodes and then the second act in one episode and the last act in one episode. And that's a yeah. very hard formula for, for, uh, for, for television. Uh, yeah. But with her in general, um, she gives us such a dynamic and how sad she is the last episode where she goes back to her town and to find her like this, it hurts. It's a gut wrench, man. And she is not redeemable by the end of this. She's she's she deserves what she does to herself, and I don't think she's dead. I don't think that the fucking Scarlet Witch can just die from rubble she throws on herself. So I think we'll see her again, but it just makes you wish that the Wanda she possessed with her kids actually was a part of the 616 MCU because you want that good Wanda that you saw in a lot of places in WandaVision that ends up being probably, if not the strongest villain the strongest villain next to Thanos. <laughs> so that's that says a lot, I, I would say. Yeah, and I, let me – I want to – This is that is not what I thought you were going to say, but I, I agree with you completely nevertheless. You really can't watch this movie without watching WandaVision. I mean you can. They give you enough to go off of, but if you – if the last thing that you saw her in was in-game and then you see her in this, there's – very little context for what the fuck is going on. Like, I, I would be sitting there like, wait, what? what? Why is she – like, I mean, you get the dream of her children, and you get the setup knowing that the 
dreams are a glimpse into your other multiversal lives, which I thought was kind of cool. I thought it was a little ham-fisted the way they delivered that, the way America just, like, says it. Um, but I thought it was a really cool concept, and I did like it as a concept. I, I don't, I don't like the fact that, and it, and I didn't get this as I left the theater, but it was brought up to me shortly after, um, after the movie. I, I feel like this in some ways betrays this somewhat like the, the, the growth that she experienced within WandaVision. Now, I think WandaVision was supposed to come after this. So, like, this movie was completely different. It had to be completely rewritten. So, And we don't know what the original story was going to be. But I could have very much used, like, I guess it, it, I could have used something to the effect of having three or four more episodes of WandaVision and maybe split it into two parts the way that Ozark did with its final season Mm -hmm. because I needed, I would have liked to have seen some sort of build up, some sort of character build to Wanda getting to the point that she was at in this movie. Now I can take it on the face value and I think they tried to, to explain this within the movie and they didn't completely fail at doing it. But they tried to explain it via Strange because Strange got a hold of the Darkhold in the universe with in which uh, you know our, our Doctor Strange gets sent to um, before you know he he uh, is able to be reunited with America uh, later on at, at the end of the movie. Um, but it's you know he he was corrupted by the Darkhold. And completely tore apart the fabric of reality in in that universe. And so I think that they were trying to use him as a way to suggest that, like, look at Strange. But, like, but we never got time with that Strange. We never got time with Wanda, our Wanda, being corrupted by the Darkhold. And we're just having to take it on face value. So what you're saying... That Mephisto should have showed up, basically. And yes, I mean that would have been perfect because now, he could have made her evil. I mean, he he should have showed up by now, right? Well, Sorry, I, what I'm joke. saying is, I would have liked to have seen some sort of build up to that, or or I would have liked to have seen a more sympathetic version of Wanda throughout this. Like perhaps there is a universe Possessed. in which. Well, no. Like here's what I'm saying. Oh. Perhaps there's a universe in which her kids exist and she died, and that's the universe that she is trying to get to. She has found a universe where her children are alive in that universe, and she is not, and she's trying to get to that universe because it, it, it gets dark as fuck when it's like, I'm just going to kill the other me and so I can take – you know, be their mom. And it's like, that's fucked up, dude. Like, and, or, you know, so I think that would have been a good little wrinkle to have thrown in there. Yeah. And I think that, uh, and maybe instead of, you know, her trying to track down a teenager in order to kill her, maybe we could have 
had a little more nuance to that. Like, um, I, and I don't know exactly how you do that, but maybe, maybe her goal is to f- force America Chavez to send her to the universe she wants to go to. But the fact that America Chavez can't control her powers sort of um, alludes to the fact that she is going to put her in servitude until she is able to do it. So that way, I'm not saying like slavery basically is better than like killing her, but it, it gives her a little more sympathy. If that's the case, then I'm going to kill this teenager so that I can get what I want. You know, like it's, that's a, it, I think they could have made her a little more sympathetic and still achieved her, you know, basically being the the antagonist of this movie. What I mean, what do you, do you think I'm do you think that would have played better for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think that that element, that added wrinkle would have helped out, but I think it sucks because there has been obviously a gap between WandaVision and this, but we're supposed right. to just as audience members yeah, yeah, we're supposed to think she got that book, the book corrupted her, and now she's at this level this however many months later. And and from. literally the only thing we got was a was the um post credit thing from WandaVision. That was it. That was all we had that was our setup to this. And like I just think you needed I, I think you need a little bit more with a with a quintessential character that we've invested so much time in to get us to the point that we start off at in this movie. So that would be one of my bigger gripes with the movie. It, it, it almost seems like the Scarlet Witch is an entity, almost like Khonshu in a, in a way. Maybe not yeah. as like controlling, but in a similar aspect. That's how they, it's almost Scarlet Witch and Wanda are two different entities, but she becomes this powerful entity. Yeah, I, I, I so think that's exactly what it is. But I still feel like we needed time to get there in order to. For us as an no, audience who's been with this character for so long. That, that's what I'm there. saying. I wish that yeah. they kind of handled it, like I said, when I thought you were going in a certain direction, almost like a possession, like this entity's taking over and letting her know, hey, you're going to get really fucking dark and evil to get what you want because, you know, it's kind of like in her taking her over almost. Yeah. Some way of displaying that. But let's talk about some more characters. Anything else? About those main two, obviously, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, uh, throughout the thing, and the yeah, performances. So that's my, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like that, I'll wrap up on on Wanda. Um, so you know that was that was my kind of big gripe. But I think as far as uh, I totally agree with you to separate, you know, my, the the sort of gripe that I had. I do think I do like the resolution at the end. The fact that. Um, it's really only Wanda who can stop Wanda. Um, and it's the fact that it's, it's, she doesn't stop her through fighting her. She stops her, you know, through uh, basically telling her like, look, they're loved. Like, please understand they're loved. Your, your children. And that's the point, you know, that she makes the turn and, you know, does the, uh, the sort of sacrificial thing at the end with uh, sort of Doc Ock style in Spider-Man two. And I think that works. Um, I think, I still think, you know, the, the lead up could have been better, but I think that works, but her performance is so fucking great. Like, Amazing. I, I can't say, I mean, by far the best performance within the movie, even despite 
the fact that I thought the characterization deserved her character deserves better, better explanation for where she got or a, a less aggressive version of that character. One of those two things I think were needed to, to really sell it for me. Um, but strange, I thought was, I thought he was great. Um, I thought Cumberbatch, I thought, I, I love the fact that he essentially like, he, we, we were talking about this last night after the movie. He's got a very similar thing to Iron Man, but it's drier. Like, it's not as charming, quippy, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to characterize it. Um, but uh, basically, what you're trying to say is that Tony likes to take a lot of uppers while uh, Doctor Strange likes to take some downers. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that would work. Um, I'm not exactly sure that's what I'm trying to say, but it's something yeah, yeah. on that line. You, um, you couldn't see you couldn't see Tony Stark being like I'm gonna take some cocaine today and like yeah go no I mean I could stuff. definitely see that I could definitely see that whereas you know Strange would be more likely to do kind of opium a, yeah, you know, yeah or something smoking like that. opium like literally old school style smoking opium yeah in a opium tent. Tent. <laughs> yeah um, I, yeah I I would think those would be those two people's drugs of choice for sure yeah um but but nevertheless I love I love his quip I love his humor. Uh, I love the fact that uh, he's basically just like talking shit to the Illuminati, and like I think it was Haley Atwell um, who's basically like Peggy Carter's. Like I think this one's even like more of a fucking douchebag than the one that we had. Like <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, I, I dude, no, I liked it a lot. I I like the various acts, aspects of having three different Doctor Stranges. We don't get a lot of Defender Strange at the beginning because he dies like at the very beginning of the movie. Um, but I thought having that moral gray area presented up front uh, added to the finale of the movie where our Doctor Strange is like, I am not going to kill her. One thing I didn't like, though, what is Wong talking about? You're just ready for him to kill a child, Wong? I didn't like that either. I was like, dude, like, no. Like, we could have had that same shit. Can we, can can we, we just, just have about... her? Can we just have Can we just have America Chavez advocate for herself and be like, say to Doctor Strange, look, um, the other, the last Strange that I saw had said he had to kill me in order to protect these powers. I, 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 I was scared, but I'm ready now. I, that's the only way. And then Strange be like, no, I'm not going to do that. We don't have to have Wong set that up. And, and, and like, yeah, don't you think I, that would be better? Like, what is Wong fucking Wong? Like, that, I, that, that one was uh, a big one for me where I was just like, bro, like, what the fuck? Yeah, because I, I think Doctor Strange is great. I, I just also just want to end it off with him saying that, um, He's a good guy. Deep down, he might have this darker exterior. He might try to act like he doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But he's actually a really good guy. And it's even presented across the multiverse. Not a lot of versions of Strange are, are good guys. But this yeah. one from the MCU. He actually is. Yeah, and then also Scarlet Witch. I still – I loved her acting performance. I, I'm still curious on when the accent goes in and out. But um, It does. That, it does. Just a little bit. At She'll this like, point, I think it's just like it's a joke. Like, I really do. But Benedict Wong is awesome. I love him as an actor. He's great in the series. He is the worst Doctor Strange in the fucking universe. He spent more time climbing up 
a fucking mountain while Doctor Strange is going interdimensional, place to place, like he is the worst fucking Sorcerer Supreme probably ever. And I don't give a fuck what happens in five years, especially him being okay with, like, a child dying and shit like that. It's time to give our Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange, the role as a Sorcerer Supreme. I think Wong needs to go back to doing all the other stuff that he does, basically. Personally. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I wasn't prepared for you to go there, um, but I definitely agree with you. I mean, obviously, Strange is... Um, He's way more powerful. He's way more suited for the role. Um, I I can understand why he's not just going to take it back, um, you know, upon returning from the blip. But I do think they maybe missed an opportunity at the end of this movie for Wong to give it back to him. I don't know if it works that way, but, like, I, I do agree with you. I mean, I do think it's weird that we got through the end of the – I thought Wong was going to die. Um, which I'm not necessarily advocating that should have happened, but like, I definitely think that, um, I agree with you. I think Strange needs to be, uh, especially after he advocated for killing a teenager. Like, what are you doing, Wong? <laughs> Bad look for our guy, man. Like, I just, I was like, oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, I thought, uh, I, I particularly, I love the, the the part of Strange uh, in Cumberbatch that I love the most is is definitely the musical note fight, but even moreover, when he starts having the conversation with himself, and you can kind of see where that whole scene is going, like, that shit's not easy to pull off. You are acting against yourself. You're not, like, being able to talk to somebody else. And, like, I think he does a great job with it. I think it's so believable. I think it's great. Um I just really like that. I really enjoyed the moment that he had with alternate universe Christine where he gets to kind of confess to Christine that he's 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 always loved her in every universe uh, and I I like it choked me up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like it wasn't like the most you know um it wasn't like a uh you know, Toby uh, catching MJ kind of moment. Like, it wasn't on that level. Um, or, I'm sorry, not Toby. Uh, um, Andrew. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Uh, it wasn't on that level. But it was It was definitely, like, it was a moment. And, you know, I, I think I think the moment probably would have hit better had they had, had she been a bigger part of the first Doctor Strange. Because um, she's not, really. You know, she's kind of, and I'm not saying that, like, I have no problem, really, with the first Doctor Strange, um, but I, I definitely, I think, I think it gave me, I think the reason that I, I did feel it, because I've heard uh, a couple other people say they have no chemistry, and I don't think they have no chemistry. I just don't think they've given that time for that chemistry to build the way that it necessarily needed to. But I definitely think watching that What If episode makes you feel more in this particular instance for that conversation. Uh, And I, I sort of felt it there and, you know, she kind of has like a little tear and everything. And, and, you know, I think on some level that is that particular version of Christine getting to hear what she probably always wanted to hear because she's not, she's not happily ever after Christine. And I think that version of Christine gives him like, I think there's something there where she's like, 
don't don't let me go. Like, don't let me go in your universe. Like, I I I think there's a little hint of that there. So, um, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, overall, I thought she was great. I thought Rachel McAdams did a great job. I'm glad she got more to do in this movie. Um, because I didn't think she was going to at first, but then when they brought in the the variant version of her, the, the alternate uh, universe of her, um, I thought that was a a really good choice. I really liked that version of her. It's a more hardened version of her, um, more kind of cold and calculated, but you can tell her core is still the same. And I think the fact that she trusts him and he still kind of lets her down, but she understands it's the only way. And she's like, all right, I am going to be here for you. And at the end of the day, like she was there to be like, Dude, these are these are just spirits, like evil spirits. You're the fucking Sorcerer Supreme. You're Doctor Strange. Use them, and he does. Oh, and I loved those fucking spirits. Back to that's back to a Sam Raimi thing. That 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 was that horror comedy aspect, that yep. Evil Dead aspect that I love from Sam Raimi. Those little spirits, man, like the, the the yappiness and everything. That was fucking terrific. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I, all that type of stuff was great. I I think. If Sam Raimi could take some of the stuff but like go uh, drop a couple more down, if you will, as far as scariness, he would do a great Disney movie, like a live action one that's somewhere within horror. I think they were trying to make one for the uh, whatever the haunted house Magic Kingdom is. I forgot what it's called, but uh, I'm just saying Sam Raimi gets it. He can be creepy but fun at the same time, and yeah, you know it, it's a great element. Rachel McAdams though loved her. I thought she was. Great. I like that other variant version of her, obviously, the, the relationship they kind of had and what could have been. Um, but it was good. And, and they had more chemistry, I will say, than, say, Chris Hemsworth and um, – and uh, what the fuck's her name? Natalie Portman. Jane Foster, yeah. Um, but – uh, is about on par. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give you that. Like, it was, it was about the same. Like, um, but I definitely think that uh, – there, there is a lack of chemistry there. I, I think it. I, I'll get. Maybe I'll say it like this. It's about the same, but like they had two full movies to fucking develop chemistry and got as far as these two did in like half a movie. Like I mean, Rachel McAdams is not hardly in the first movie at all. Like I mean, they basically have you know the the build up. She's in a lot. I guess a good bit of the first act. Um, but then she just basically the only rest of the part she's in is when he's given like comes in an astral form and is telling her how to like what to do, you know, like that's basically it. Um, and uh, I'm just glad that she got a lot more time to shine in this in this particular movie. Um, America Chavez. Um, I thought she was good. Um, not great, but good. I did not. I, and maybe it's just because we just got out of seeing No Way Home and the sort of chemistry that Tom Holland is able to develop with his in, – in, in sort of his um, understudy sidekick kind of role um, to not – obviously not sidekick to the movie but to the particular character – He's just so good at it, whether it be Robert Downey Jr., whether it be Doctor Strange, whether it be um, any of uh, the characters that you know he's he's been a part of. Even like his little quips with um, 
with Steve Rogers in Civil War, where, you know, like, they're having the, he's like, yeah, hard kid, where are you from? Queens. And he's like, ah, from Brooklyn. You know, like, even, like, those little bits. I thought she was good on her own. I didn't necessarily love the, the, um, I, I felt a little, uh, uh, it just wasn't as good as I would like it to have been. Like, their, their chemistry, their relationship, uh, but overall, I thought she did a good job. I look forward to seeing the character more. Um, also, I, I read this, and I'm not sure if this is true, but it would make sense. This movie was supposed to come out before um, the third the third Spider-Man installment. And uh, it was actually going to be her in that movie doing the portal shit. Um, so bringing in the different Spider-Men. Um, and not Ned. And so they kind of had to rework shit um, because that movie obviously came out before and Doctor Strange wouldn't know her. Um, so I thought that I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'm actually I think that was actually a good thing because it gave Ned more to do within that movie. Um, but I, I thought that was just a bit of news. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked her overall. I just thought the chemistry could have been better. I do think. um <laughs> One thing that I thought stuck out to me was at the end of the movie when Strange is walking off and she runs up and she goes, sup. I was like, that is a 30 to 35-year-old writing for a 15-year-old. <laughs> I don't think kids say sup anymore. <laughs> Just maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I, You know, they might. I have no idea. But um... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's what we would say when we were 15, but like. I don't I don't think that's like if they had her like, you know, using Facebook, like no fucking 15 year old is using Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like your writers don't necessarily understand typical 15 year olds. But hey, man, she comes from a different universe. Maybe they're 20 years behind. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so Shield Gomez, I hope that she is in more films. I enjoyed her character. She I mean. You talk about the MacGuffin. She was kind of like the MacGuffin. Like, literally, Scarlet Witch was trying to obtain her to be able to get to another level, basically, and go through universes and find her her perfect yeah. fucking home. Uh, but she was a um, very enjoyable character. I like these kid characters. I think they're going to be the next generation, along with a lot of the, the, the upcoming big stuff. So don't, get, don't, don't fret, people. Don't be like, Phase 4's kind of been a little slow. You know, because by the end of Phase 4, Phase 5, X-Men, Fantastic Four, probably another relationship with Sony and, uh, and, and Disney, I would say, and, and other characters that we do know and love. But uh, we're, we're, we're getting some more – we're getting other characters, and that's, that's a good thing. But I, I, I really did enjoy Doctor Strange quite a bit. Um, of course, it would have been cool to see some of the older, you know – not MCU characters, but pre, like the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, you know, your Hugh Jackman Wolverine, which that was, I did not expect, but Tom McGuire Spider-Man, your uh, Wesley Snipes Blade, your Thomas Jane Punisher, uh, those characters. It would have been really cool. But we don't need it, though. It's fine. I, I, I would have liked, um, I really think I would have liked in lieu of Krasinski's and not again. I'm not. I'm not trying to talk shit about Krasinski. I hope that he is Mr. Fantastic, and I hope that um, 
that this is a sign that he will be. Um, but I thought it would have been cool to see, um, what's his name, like Ian Grunfeld or whatever, the guy who was in the original two Fantastic Four movies. Um, I, I just think it would have been cool to, like, have him be in there in that, you know, sort of since since we had Patrick Stewart, um, just to have, like, another sort of little nod there. Um, I thought would agree been, with you. I, I just think if for that particular for that particular role, I don't. It it was almost a little. Uh, I don't know. Like a, a, it was all a little too much. Like it was. Like, I hate to say things take me out of movies because I feel like that's just. I don't really get taken out of movies. Uh, like just seeing something that might take me out for a second is not going to take me out of the whole movie. Um, but it did like it was just kind of like oh, oh there's Sean Krasinski you know everybody's like always fan casting so yeah we'll throw him in there um, I just think it would have been a little uh, it wouldn't have felt as weird if it had just been that guy um, I I wish if John Krasinski was in it he played an alternate version of Captain America instead yeah I think he was, that he's the one who great, lost he was almost cast as that but but see but then. It wouldn't leave the possibility. I mean, I guess it still would, but well, it wouldn't leave. Here's the thing with people with Fantastic Four. Marvel might have just gave you him as Mr. Fantastic in this. And he's but not going to be. Yeah, they don't have to. They don't have. They to, definitely you know? don't have to. Um, I uh, I will see. I would. Um, I would like it. I mean, I think it would make a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's definitely something that a lot of people have been clamoring for. Um, but I, I would have rather just them held off on that and have the normal press release. He's going to be our Mr. Fantastic, yada, yada, yada. And then you start building the hype because this didn't get me hyped up to see him as Mr. Fantastic. Like it didn't up my hype that was already existent, if the, if you will. And that's just because of the nature of he got fucking owned and he was only in the movie for a minute and then he got fucking destroyed. So um, I think that would have been better served as – you know, the the previous um, Reed Richards that, you know, we had seen in our in our childhood years. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. It's like this is the MCU. Kevin Feige is a fucking god. They have a lot of stuff going. They've showed us the multiverse. Um, so maybe I'm just saying if all those characters that we saw from back in the day from Fox and Sony were a part of the same universe – and they wanted to do the MC2, which is Spider-Girl's universe that was made in the 90s, where basically, um, Nick, DC had a pre-crisis and a post-crisis universe. So mm-hmm. all the older characters could end, and since they were from the fucking 40s and shit and didn't make a lot of sense, they could start a new crop. Marvel didn't do that. They just were like, well, this universe MC2 is kind of like the old guy's got older and they had all children so maybe we could see something in that realm but one last thing i do want to talk about is everyone was like who is charlie Theron at the end in the yeah i didn't know that you told me but i didn't know before you had said it so the one thing that annoys me with that scene is because at the end of the movie obviously that book's definitely gotten to dr strange because now he has a third eye and he's screaming in agony but he's fine when he's met by Clea or Clea. It's C L E A. I don't know. I, I've only read it, so I don't know how they pronounce it technically within the. Uh, I'm MCU. going with we'll Clea. Find out soon. Clea. 
Uh, she is the niece. Sometimes in certain iterations, she's been the daughter of Dormammu. She, I, I told people she's very similar to Raven from DC because Raven is a very powerful sorceress and yep. also is the daughter of Trigon, their, one of their big demons that has to do with magic. So it would be the same principle with this character. She actually falls in love with Doctor Strange. That's who uh, he ends up with. Uh. Ooh, so, that's that's some spicy chemistry right there. That's there's a lot of potential for that, dude. I love Charlize Theron, dude. Me too. Um, I just gotta say real quick, <laughs> probably the funniest moment that I had in the movie theater was so when that post credit scene happened, I was sitting next to our good friend Joe Kalina, and uh, so I leaned over and I was like, I was like, hey Joe, and he was like, yo, and I was like, hey man, do you know who Charlize Theron is? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, who? And he was like, oh, no, I don't know who she is. This character, I just know who she is. And I was like, what the fuck? Dude, I know you know who Charlie Sarah is. I meant do you know who she's playing. <laughs> and uh, I had a good laugh. I had a good laugh on that one. <laughs> that's pretty fucking funny. That's awesome. So, so yeah, that's, that's the story. Obviously, they're going more with Dormammu. They're going to involve his niece, who falls in love with Stephen. Thank you. I look. I love Sam Raimi. I love Bruce Campbell, but making me wait an extra eight minutes while when I really <laughs> have to piss hilarious. to see him punch himself in the face and then finally get to stop doing it. <laughs> I'm and so. Then, I'm not going to stick around for the second the, ones anymore. I'm done. And then you guys want to play funny, funny guy. And then break the fourth wall and just be like, it's over. Like, oh, God, I, I got a chuckle out of it. Um, but, I mean, it was – it is, like – it is a lot to, like, have to wait through all those credits just to get something that's so insignificant. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think we should I just heard, know Dude, did you hear point. the mom that was sitting next to you that had the two kids and she was like, really, guys? Seven minutes for this? Or how? whatever the fuck she said? That was pretty funny. <laughs> No, you guys I are killing that. me. That is funny, though. He was not happy. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Um, all right, well, that's our uh, that's our our review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I, Dana, I like, I guess out of five, give it a number. What do you think? I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay, I, that's actually spot on with me. So I'm like. I would say as far as my enjoyment of it, I would give it a four. As far as like how good I think it actually is, it's probably a three um, or three and a half, somewhere in that range. But I just really enjoyed it. I think if you go see it in theater, it's it's got like a it's just the pacing and everything that we talked about is just like it's so bang, bang, bang. It's very it's a very fun movie, great performances. Um but I would tend to agree with you. I think you split the difference there because I think my enjoyment of it was a little bit more than I think it actually – because it does have its flaws. But, yeah, between a three and a four, I would say. I agree with you. But, you know, I definitely think that everyone should go see it. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm saying that right now since, I mean, this is another situation. If you decide to listen to the whole entire spoiler review and now I'm convincing <laughs> you – yeah, I should go see that movie. I don't know. Maybe you just do things ass backwards, but it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Same. All right, let's uh, let, let's uh, finish up. We I, I'll I'll uh, take you guys back on our last episode. 
we were talking about how great the fifth episode was of Moon Knight and how it was one of the best episodes I think that uh, the or, or Disney Marvel have done. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole thing was, and they didn't do exactly what you said, but can they nail the ending? And in certain nope. aspects, <laughs> certain aspects, I think they did a good job of setting up stuff, but it wasn't really a great ending to the series. No, we didn't have a like a a, a more dark chrome fucking Moon Knight that, that is Ethan Hawke fighting him. You know, it right. wasn't like a Black Panther Which was situation. Nice. I was happy about that. And there were there were kaiju technically. There were two Egyptian gods battling next to the the fucking uh Gaza Pyramid of you know. Giza. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Wasn't uh wasn't a big fan of that myself. Me neither. I got I'm just saying <laughs> it wasn't exactly like you were worried about, but it was okay, for one thing, for 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 me to say just out of one of the things right off the bat that I was like how does Steven have a soul if they're part of a split personality disorder? Where it's to the point where he falls off the boat and he dies, technically. I don't think – I don't know. I mean I, I that's not a burning question of mine, but just offhanded since I'm literally thinking about this for the first time. Um, I think it's more about – I guess Mark coming uh, coming to grips with the fact that he he appreciates that part of his personality. It's him coming to um, realize that though he might have wanted his sort of whole life to be more in control and everything, that that part of his personality is just as important for him. Um, and and. I, it worked for me. I thought it was fine. All right. Well, there are other things. There um, are many other things. <laughs> so I, I, I liked I, I liked a lot of the stuff at the beginning because it kind of gave us payoff, uh, except for the fact that Marx needs his, his other version of himself that he created uh, so badly that he gives up like perfect eternity, heaven, uh, Egyptians' version of that. To go and find Steven, and I was it because he had so much life that he gave it back to him, and then they brought them both back to life. Like it was a very, I'm I'm not crazy. This was not very well told, as far as, and how the fuck did they end up in the same place when now Ethan Hawke is in that realm? Like what? So that wasn't their realm. That's purgatory for Egyptian deaths. Uh, I I I. There are a lot of problems I had with this last episode. I didn't hate it. It didn't destroy the season. But if I'm going to act like some of this stuff wasn't, like, puzzling or why, what, no one put on the fucking news to find out on both Fox, CNN, every outlet that there's two Egyptian gods fighting in Egypt, you know, <laughs> I mean. I don't think that – I don't think everybody else can see them. Is that what – maybe that's maybe that's the truth. That, she killed a lot of people, though. There was a lot of purple souls yeah. floating in the fucking air. Yeah, um, uh, that was absolutely true. Um, I don't know if 
again, I don't know if everybody else can see the souls, but they would absolutely see all the dead bodies. <laughs> like, people going up and touching people's wrists and then people just dropping dead. Like, that would be – but, I mean, all of that did happen in a very small period of time. Um, so not a lot of time to react. Um, I think there would be some sort of um, – news outlet or something that would – somebody with an iPhone or something it would have gone viral, um, and maybe it did. Maybe we just didn't see that in the aftermath, but um, I don't know. I think we're jumping the shark here um, because, like, I, I didn't really have a problem with the, the beginning of the episode. I thought that was fine, him going back to get Steven. I thought that was fine. I don't exactly know why he was able to bring Steven back. I don't. I don't I like I don't have an answer for you there. Um I think it was I from what I gathered it was again just like him accepting Steven as a part of him. I really liked the fact that when he came back it was Mark and Steven working together and he could kind of go back and forth and they finally trusted each other cuz a lot of this show you know in the second act um was them not trusting each other steven not wanting to give the body back to mark and mark not wanting to give the body back to steve and i thought that i really enjoyed that aspect of it the fact that they were um able to come to some kind of understanding within the astral or not astral plane but within this this uh purgatory af- egyptian afterlife that they both needed each other um, that, you know, Stephen obviously was created by Mark because he needed to deal with this trauma that he had as a child. And the fact that he saw him as so much of a crutch. And then for, you know, Stephen, like we talked about in the last episode, for him to come to him and be like, it's not your fault. Um I think that has a lot of impact on him, and for him to lose that right after coming to this realization that it was Stephen all along who kept him alive, who, like, really, you know, uh, he was able to be the positive outlook when he otherwise would not have been able to do that without manifesting Stephen. Um, I think that that aspect of it I really enjoyed. I, I, I really liked the fact that they have kind of become simpatico um so i i really enjoyed that i i really liked the fact that layla did not um did not like basically be like yeah Kanshu, i'll be your avatar like she was like no <laughs> like fuck no like no like i'm not gonna fucking be your avatar because you know mark has always talked about how fucking horrible you are and i can see it and like fuck you no like i'm not doing that and I think the fact that Stephen had told her earlier that that's what Mark was trying to protect her from, uh, you know, in like the fourth episode, maybe, um, that like that had a lot of weight and it paid off. I thought that was good. I really liked the post credit scene. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but again, like, I don't know why we have to end these things with. Just the big fucking battle. I thought the kaiju thing was just like, eh. Like, what does it really even mean? Are they really, like, gonna kill each other? Can they? I didn't feel like that was established at all. Like, that they could actually kill one another in those forms. It didn't really make sense. Um, 
the spell to trap um uh whatever her fucking name is uh, Aramod or whatever um to Armand. trap her yeah to trap her in um in Ethan Hawke's body it just kind of came out of nowhere that wasn't really established at any point throughout the show i mean it's fine i mean it's like whatever that's something that i guess we can do but it wasn't like set up or established um I was, that's maybe more of a nitpick, but, but like, I didn't mind, I didn't mind, like, obviously, they're gonna have to do, like, they're gonna have to fight this fucker, like, that's, granted, that's fine, like, you're gonna have to do that, um, and I actually thought that the fight scene was pretty interesting, I liked that they basically had both of them, like, everything was lost, and then you have the blackout sequence again, and then obviously Jake Lockley takes over um, and just wrecks everybody, and we don't see it. Um, I really like the way that they do those little tricks uh, throughout the show. But I really – I just felt like there could have been a better way to resolve the show. I definitely didn't need the kaiju fight. That didn't make any sense. Like, to me, I think it would have been even better if – they weren't fighting at all and they were basically almost like you could see them standing next to the the pyramid of giza together and like you know just having a conversation while the others the other two the actual human characters are fighting because i think that would have lended itself better to these gods who have chosen their avatars and are confident in their avatars so they're not fighting they're standing there and basically being like, you know, having a, a higher conversation. So you could have this conversation of, um, like, that they do have within that fight scene. Like, why do you not want to join me? Why do you feel this way? Why do you feel that way? Blah, 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 blah. And gotten even more in the depths of that. And then you could have had the human characters fighting and it kind of could have been cutting back and forth. And then it would have i think it would have elevated it to be something a little bit more than just a huge fucking schlock, schlock of fight scenes at the end of the movie and it could have had that sort of depth that loki had where it's really just a, a, a conversation and i thought the two gods having a conversation and each one betting on their respective avatars to to win the battle um i thought would have been a lot more interesting just in my personal opinion yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I I agree with you, but that's that's kind of the bad thing about it. One of the things I saw right off the bat, I was like, why is this 44 minutes? Like, this should be as long as the other ones or longer since the last I fucking think, episode. I think this speaks to what you were saying earlier, because um, you mentioned earlier that the Marvel shows have this thing where if you were to break these shows down into three-act structures – they have like a long first act, a smaller second act, and then a very short third act. Yep. And I think the way that this particular show went, I think episodes one and two represented a very clear first act. And then episodes two, or I'm sorry, three, four, and five represented a very clear second act. And I think they could have used an, a seventh episode. I think if, if like, 
you could have very much used another episode to stretch this out. It doesn't take away some of the qualms that I would have had with their general direction, but you had to fit in a lot of shit because it's really the third act is really just this episode. And like you said, it's one of the shortest ones, if not the shortest one. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that they could have absolutely used seven episodes here. I like the fact that they don't necessarily do uh, a generic 13 episode type thing the way the Netflix shows did because you got a lot of a lot of filler in those that you maybe didn't need. I just think that like I think eight's perfect. Honestly, I think. I think seven would have been perfect for this. I think if you just had one more episode in which you could have really put together that final act, I think that would have worked. Maybe it needed eight. Maybe it would have needed an eight, too. But, like, I thought the first two episodes were great as a first act. I thought three through five were great as a second act. This was a very rushed third act, and – yeah, they just gotta they gotta figure something out better with that because th- this whole like rushing the ending thing, like you know, we gave them a a pass on some of these first shows because it was like, well, it's the pandemic, you know, we know they didn't get to do exactly what they wanted to do with Wandavision, um, and even maybe with Loki, and even though I fucking still love Loki, I thought Loki is by far the best of the shows to this point, but. I, I just think, yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to give us a little more with these third acts. You don't really have the benefit of the doubt as it pertains to, um, you know, just blaming shit on well, we had a deadline and we had to get it out. And there's a pandemic and blah blah blah. Like it, that shit doesn't really fly anymore. Like you nope. you can fucking delay shit. Like I'd rather have to wait an extra two months and get a better finale than. Not having something that has all the potential to be great, and then you just fucking it, it, it. In the end, it's just like okay, you know, the ending's just okay, and then the result of it is well, it's good, but it could have been great. Like I want, I want things to be uh, great that have that potential. No, I'm right there with you, man. That's see, one thing I, I liked and didn't like. For the most part, liked I would say is that this show took a lot of liberties within the mythos of Moon Knight, going from the start, from the Bill Sienkiewicz run, all the way to now, and they added a lot of stuff. They added a lot of Egyptian mythology with not necessarily the gods, but having power from them, if you will, kind of like a Shazam type of situation, Black Adam other characters like that that get their powers from a certain god, that the avatars. Layla is a brand new character that's like a hodgepodge of many. Um, she's one of my favorite characters, though, on the shows. I was really a big fan and kind of fell in love with uh, Mae Kalamoy. And I just found it also a little bit convenient that she's like seeing all these different idols. She's, you know, things are going crazy, and she just goes right past Towerets. Uh, fucking thing, and she's like, oh, hey, hello, how's it going? You should be the idol for me! You know, and then she becomes, and I know a lot of people are not going to know what the fuck this is, the Scarlet Spectre, which is a character very, scarab. very, Scarab, a very, very kind of, 
I mean, it's cool. I like it. But she didn't even have that costume or any type of – they turned her into Hawk Girl, basically, which was cool. I like the character. People can take liberties and stuff, but at the same time, it was a little convoluted. I love the costume. I, I Like I said, she looked – she's Hawk Girl that I want in the fucking DCEU. This is going to be another situation like uh, – what's his name for Lex Luthor from Ant-Man? Uh, um, oh, uh, Corey – Soul. Yeah. Yes. You know, and uh, but still, nonetheless, that was great. We'll talk about the ending, ending with the weird limo drive. But yeah, uh, she was great. They just, if if you're wondering, because I have a lot of friends that do the whole like, hey, Dane, who's this? Like, you know, the whole Clea thing. Uh, I had no idea who the fuck this was, and that's because she was something made for the show. Because Moon Knight has a mythos, but it's not well known anyway. So who gives a shit if you take liberties, basically? Yeah. I'm no, I didn't mind okay that at all. I loved, I loved her character. Um, I just do, convenient, I do just convenient, Nick. The way she got the, the powers. Yes. 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 Very much so. And that's the that like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the hippo goddess that we saw, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, like I wasn't sure because she, you know, the reason that I thought that was because you know she has the line. A, the voices sounded very similar. But B, there's the line where, you know, she's like, you knew my father? And she's like, yeah, I took him to the Field of Reeds. And uh, and so I was like, oh, it's the hippo goddess. And then when she gets the powers, it's like, well, how do you make a hippo have powers? I don't fucking know. Well, let's just give her, like, some fucking cool wings and shit. <laughs> and it was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I – like, don't get me wrong, I – um. I very much look forward to her character, and I think the kind of role reversal of, um, presumably, before we get to the stinger, uh, Mark and Steven not having powers and her having powers is kind of an interesting dynamic, flip, flips everything on its head, uh, that I think they could explore in a season two. And I definitely think we're getting a season two, by the way. Like, I, I mean, I know it's not confirmed or anything, but um, it definitely leaves you thinking we're getting a season two um but yeah i liked i like that sort of aspect of it i think they could have but again this goes back to the whole thing in a nutshell you had put so much in one final episode if you'd stretch that out into two maybe even three more episodes um you you could have gotten there in a more logical fashion than how they were able to do it. It seems like they just kind of had to be like, well, how can we get her to get these powers? We need her to get these powers. How can we do it? And instead of like being like having it be a logical progression of the story. And it's like, man, like we could have just had like one more episode. I mean, fuck man, it's still what another two weeks until Obi-Wan. Like that would be great to have two more episodes of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, well, even the, yeah. I, so the amulet, the the bug amulet. Why didn't that turn her into the? Maybe she activated it somehow, and that turned her into the silver scarab instead of having the hippo god give her bird powers. All that's fucking weird. I I I I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Powers, I mean, I, wings. I guess that was just for her to find her way to them right like that's what she was using it for because that was its whole purpose was to lead them to the goddess that i always forget the name of um emirate 
uh, or whatever. <laughs> um, Amon, <laughs> hammer it or tower it. Uh, I fuck, man. I'm never gonna remember hippo. this. I'm never gonna snake fucking remember this. Uh, it, no, 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 no. It's uh, not that one. That uh, the alligator goddess. That's what it's for. It's it led him to the alligator goddess, right? Yeah. Um. So like, it's it's for her. It's it's a way to solve her getting back to Ethan Hawke and the and the posse and all that. Um. And that's fine. Like that's it, it. Doesn't really make sense that he would just like leave it there. But I guess he's done with it, and so he's just like, here you go, Mark. Um. But yeah, I just I think. I think they it felt rushed. The last the last episode felt rushed, and it did kind of break down to the you know big bad fight at the end. Like I said, I think a lot of that could have been fixed with just sort of a philosophical discussion between Alligator Goddess and um, um, Kanchu, and that would have been far more interesting than Kaiju fight for me. Maybe that's not the case for everybody. I'm not a big kaiju guy, though, so maybe I'm. Uh, I am, like, and I did not need that at all. <laughs> Fair I enough. love seeing like, monsters well, pair up against each other. It was like, why are these? Why are these Egyptian gods fighting over idols? Like, what? Come on. I yeah, know. I well, and I don't think it was like established enough in the show that made any sense. Because the whole point of them having avatars is because they can't really do anything in this plane. Like, so That's what why I would it make sense that they're fighting? Like, I mean, I guess we're to believe they're they can fight each other because they exist on a separate plane. But I don't know, man. It doesn't. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, again. I think, yeah, I, I would have had it been like, you know, the story of Job, for example, where you have God and the devil basically putting wagers on this man's faith. And, you know, you would have these two Egyptian gods putting their faith and their avatars to fucking win the battle and, and have them be these om, omnipresent, omniscient beings that – can't do the work themselves. I think that would have been way more interesting and then have them have a conversation, but I wasn't in charge of it, so what are we going to do? Yeah. The, just to, let's get to this. Do you want to just get to the stinger, though? Because I think that's like... Yeah, but, let's, let's, get, let's get to the meat of the matter. We've had these yeah. blackout situations that have happened throughout it where both guys are like, I didn't fucking do that. Um, and it, the end... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Ethan Hawke is the once again the guy talking to uh, Oscar Isaac or, or Mark, and it's so it is kind of like a limbo, I guess, because he realized when they tell him like, "No, we're actually fucking with you," he realizes that his feet are bleeding, which he was walking around on glass. That kind of makes sense, and then it goes from there. He gets in a limo with Conchu, who's in a suit. And we find out the character, the the last guy, which is a character in the comics, uh, his third personality is Jake Lockley. Uh, He's a cab driver, and that's pretty much it. He's just a random-ass personality. But apparently in this version, he's going to (laughs) be like a fucking psycho killer, which is, once again, they can do whatever. But I just, it was very confusing with the ending scene with Ethan Hawke. Like, I just don't understand what the fuck that goddamn mental institution really is. I I, I mean, I, I think that's just 
I don't see that. That didn't bother me, man. I I really didn't mind that. Um, I liked I liked that whole aspect of it just because it reminded me of Legion, and we talked about that last week. So well, well, no, no, no. no. I think I think you're misunderstanding. It's it's not that I didn't like the mental institution. I didn't understand what it really represented. Exactly. If it was a limbo, if it was all in fucking Mark's head, if this was because Ethan, oh, Ethan I Hawk's think it character. was absolutely in Mark's head. Because like even the the at the end, like uh, I think he's actually in a mental institution. I don't think that's a dream sequence for Ethan Hawke's character because the scene where he's walking away with the blood on his feet, that's right before Mark and Steven wake up in Steven's flat. Um, the yes, post-credit right. scene is, yeah, is like different. I think he's actually in a mental institution. Um, I do, I mean, who the fuck knows how he gets there? I mean, presumably they leave him there for dead and, um, he gets found later and he's just babbling on about crazy ass shit. And they're like, oh, well, this guy's obviously crazy. He put him in a mental institution. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was. It was absolutely in uh, in in Mark's head, um, and it make, it would make sense because he's you know got a disorder um, and dissociative uh, personality disorder is that what's called identity dissociative identity disorder, uh, which they don't really actually say in the show. So we I guess I should be a little um, less apt to like frame it as that, but that is. What that is a disorder that he has in many variations of the comics, and um, but no, as far as the post-credit scene, I loved it. I thought, I thought it gives them a. I thought it gives them like a great runway with where to go for a future season. I think the notion that the first season is essentially Mark and Stephen having to come to grips with one another and now it can be Mark and Steven having to come to grips with Jake is and and not maybe not even come to grips with Jake but like have a transformation of Jake because obviously Jake see, I I don't think and this is just my my um my take on the matter cuz like you said like this is not the Jake Lockley that we see in the comics. He's not like a murderous fucking asshole. I think, I just think what it boils down to is that particular personality was the most easily corruptible for Khonshu to get done what he needs to get done. And so now they're going to have to like basically be able to come to grips with him. So now you've got three different Oscar Isaacs that are could be talking to each other in in their own head and and they you could showcase this within like visually with three different oscar isaacs talking to each other and i think that's very interesting and i'm very keen on how they approach that going forward um because obviously conchu still has his grips on lockley and i thought it was just cool like for basically Kanchu to win the battle, like even though he's definitely presented as a maleficent force, he is obviously better than alligator bitch. So, like, I think the fact that he ended up winning, I think the fact that Ethan Hawke, uh, 
I don't necessarily think you get Ethan Hawke to sign on to this if it's he's going to be involved in multiple seasons. Um, so I didn't like I didn't mind them going going ahead and killing him off. I think I would hope that the second season is with the the way that they do it is is Konshu is the main antagonist, and it's a struggle for Mark and Stephen to sort of rescue Jake from him and you have the Scarlet Scarab and you have all of, you know, those characters coming back. I think that to me is very interesting. And I think it delves even more into the Legion side of, um, shit that I really enjoyed with the show. And I hope that's the direction they take it into. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's where I, I want it to be weird. I, I think that the show was the most different thing that Marvel had done. Um, you know, we're kind of giving that praise to the to Doctor Strange. Um, Visually for, Stra- for Doctor Strange, absolutely. Visually and the way it was directed. But as far as the meat of it, I think Moon Knight probably is, is maybe beats it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, all I was basically saying was until that last episode, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you go you go back to yep. normal once it gets to the post credit scene. It's that weirdness again that's kind of like you know growing the story. But we had to get that fucking one MCU episode. We don't have eight episodes to do this, so we got to rush the third act in one fucking forty five minute episode. Yep. So I will say that's that's the problem with a lot of these uh, Marvel shows is that I think it's a little bit too quick. I still like the show a lot. I think that Oscar Isaac did an incredible acting job. I, I like the whole cast. I love the voice acting. I love Egyptian mythology. I like where they can go with this. It's just going to be interesting. I don't know if we're going to see this version of Moon Knight. Maybe I'm wrong. Join the West Coast Avengers anytime soon. It's just he's very different. I think he was flying in the last fucking episode, if I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. Than he was in 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 the uh, in the comics, and I, I like some of the, the changes. Make it weird. Do some different things. Take from the mythos. Take the because he's a very fucking strange character. But stick to that because if you try to dive it back into the MCU, I don't know if that works as well for this character. I think that it's good to have one that's off by himself doing whatever. And I'm not saying you can't use him later on. Shit, I love Deadpool to meet this motherfucker. Eventually, that would be interesting <laughs> just for a conversation. But um, as far as the show goes, it's still one of my favorite ones that Disney's done for Marvel. And that's because of the beginning. But it just sucks at the ending kind of puts that bad taste in my mouth. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's right in the middle for me uh, currently because they've done six shows. It's either three or four. Um, but. Yeah, the, I mean, the ending definitely like. I think the the one the shows that I have the biggest problem with are the ones that don't quite land for the most part, and um, this was unfortunately one of those for me. Um, but I do think that the uh, the overall bulk of the show carries it a little more um, than uh, at least a couple of the other shows. Anyway, so but we're about to get into that. So yeah, so phase four is here. It's been going for a minute, and it will, will continue to go for the next year or so. 
And uh, we'll get to Phase 5, obviously, but we've got 11, you know, either movies or series that uh, we've watched so far. And so me and Nick are going to go over our top 11 favorite movies or series for the MCU Phase 4. Um, Let's do it. So I'm going to do 11 through 9, and then I'll hand it to you. Okay. Okay. All right, so unfortunately at 11, and it's honestly because I need to watch the movie, but I just don't have any care to watch the movie again. You haven't I, watched Eternals? <laughs> I've watched it. I've watched it. I watched it in theaters. I found it boring. I wanted to watch it a second time, but I don't want to watch it again because I found it boring the first time. So <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even know it was going to be Eternals. I just assumed that's what it was. That's also my 11, so I'm with you. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and um, I would say the next one on this list is uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hey, we're two for two, brother. All right, I don't know if eight is like this for you, but it nine. is Black Widow. Or, that, is, that is that is my exact nine through 11. And for the people out there being like, they planned this. No, we didn't. We absolutely we really did not. have not seen each other's lists, um, but that is my exact – even the exact order. Um I, I, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about these, but Eternals, um, I'm with you. I just didn't really care about any of these characters. Like, they didn't... Look, if you're going to do it, why don't you just get Zack Snyder to fucking direct it, all right? If you want to do <laughs> no, no, Snyder, no, 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 no. I will not take it. I will not take this Chloe Zhao slander. I love her. I think some of the shots she does in the movie are fucking fantastic. Um, she is a phenomenal director. This is definitely not her fault. Um, I just think that the 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 writing of the script, the characters, we're not. She's not given enough to fucking work with. This is just. It should have never been made. Nobody was asking for the Eternals. It, it's yet to see how they fit in with the larger MCU or why they didn't do anything while they were a part of the MCU and shit was going to shit. I mean, I are think they, they are they, they related that to the, the Greek movie, gods. Dave? No, are they, they related. That. They established that in the movie because they were waiting on uh, the the big thing at the end that takes them hostage to, like, tell them what to do. Like, so they were, like, they couldn't interfere until that happened. And once they that's, found out what the thing wanted. Nick. That's I'm really just saying that's in that the movie. The plot good. Yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's in the movie. Um, but, <sighs> like, but nevertheless, like, I just. I, yeah, man. I just, I, it didn't hit. It didn't hit home for me. I just didn't think it was. Um, it's just definitely my least favorite. Um, but I don't think we need to like delve too much into that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I agree with you. I think it's um, it's good fun action movie. It's a fun action movie. It could have been better. That was another one that kind of got fucked up by the pandemic, especially because they were going to have some kind of pandemic type thing in it that they just abandoned because they didn't want it to hit too close to home. Um, at least if you believe like the, the various reports, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was fun. It was like kind of a buddy cop type feel. There were definitely some parts of it that I enjoyed, but overall, I just felt it was it sort of missed the mark. And the same thing for Black Widow. I mean, I think I think those two are significantly better than Eternals for me. Yeah, but I um I sort of felt the same. I think, and I think with Black Widow, like. As much as I enjoyed it for what it was, um, I just – it was it, – you know, and I know everyone has already said this. It just came too late. It, like, we 
we knew kind of what the outcome was going to be, you know, like, and it was fine. I loved Florence Pugh. I, I really loved her in Hawkeye and we'll get to that later. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I just, I just couldn't get super on board with it. I watched it a couple times. It's, it's enjoyable, but, um, it's not quite on par with some of the other stuff in phase four. Yeah. I, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was fun. I remember uh, the the joke that um, Kurt Russell's son looked just like the uh, grandfather from Up, or the old man from Up. Inside <laughs> I never his, heard uh, that. Inside his mask and everything, I kept on seeing that. That that's that's pretty funny. But no, I like him as U.S. agent. It was cool to see that character established. It was cool to see Isaiah brought in as a part of the mythos, especially the fucked that was, up. That concept. was one of the better threads throughout that show was the fact that it was doing it was attempting to talk about race in America I just don't think it really got there as far as and maybe it's a Disney show they don't want to annex like a a lot of different viewers and everything else they don't want to be too ham-fisted with it but I don't think it really got there as far as talking about race in America I think it Made an attempt, and I applaud the attempt, but didn't quite land it for me. Yeah, and um, I liked seeing Baron Zemo. Uh, he was a fun addition to it. The best part. And also, I liked seeing Falcon become Captain America. So it yep. wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was it was an action, you know, television or it was an action movie basically done in a miniseries. And Black Widow, I had a lot of fun with the beginning of it. As soon as Rachel. Uh, reveals that she's the villain, it kind of just goes downhill from there. And it's not because she does the heel turn, if you will, but that part of the movie kind of just like slowly went down when I was enjoying the family aspect rise on the way up. And I was like, all right. And But Florence Pugh's great, but she's the best part of this, and she might be the best part of Hawkeye as well. So it's is it is it anything else besides her that made both those things stand out more? I don't well, know. Rachel Rachel Vice isn't the villain though, right? Like it's she feigns to be the villain and then maybe maybe that she makes a heel turn and then a turn back to the good side or something like that. But like I cuz like I thought that whole thing was like she had planned to get captured to get I I don't know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I could be misremembering. But I don't think she was actually like the villain, right? Like she was who was Taskmaster? Taskmaster was uh, the the girl that uh, that Black Widow thought she had killed uh, and got red on her ledger. She was uh, she was the daughter of the of Ray Winstone. She was the bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you actually watch Black Widow? <laughs> I did. I, it's just been okay. a while since you say. Yeah, out. it's been a while. No, but like, yeah, Taskmaster was uh, was his daughter, um, and he was like controlling. I forgot. I forgot who was fucking Taskmaster to begin with. This movie was great. Uh, let's go to the next <laughs> round. God damn. All right, uh, Taskmaster is one of the coolest fucking characters in the Marvel universe. I actually but... didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. Uh, you act. You actually don't mind a lot of things that I want to be just like the fucking comics, Nick. Yeah, Jesus. but you 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 get on other people about that too sometimes. So the, some of the smaller things they can do once in a while. Throw me a bone. Throw me a bone. Fair enough. Um, 
I know Brandon fucking hated it because of that, so you're not alone. Uh, All right. Eight through six. There you go. So for eight, I have actually the thing we were just talking about, Hawkeye. I really did enjoy Hawkeye. I thought it was a cool, like, little Christmas action movie thing. I really loved Haley because uh, she's, just, she's just charming. She's, a, you know, fun actress. I liked seeing uh, Kingpin back involved, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio. Didn't really like the ending, but I think I know where they're going since Echo's getting her own series. Um, so we'll just see where that fucking goes. Liked Echo. But it just, I don't know, it just was, the ending, once again, kind of just dipped a bit compared to, like, the build-up. And uh, I haven't even said uh, Jeremy Renner's name, but he was also great in it. So there you go. Hawkeye's next. Then I got What If. And uh, you're going to want to kill me for this, but Loki's next. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, our list just got very different. Um, okay, let me go through mine. Um, I have Shang-Chi at 8. I have WandaVision at 7. And I have Moon Knight at 6. Um, so I don't know how you want to do this because we have such starkly different lists. Um, I guess, I mean – I'll just – I guess I can give you, like, my, my little rundown like you gave a rundown. So Shang-Chi, I thought it was great. I love Aquafina. She's fucking amazing. She's definitely the, the standout of the movie. Um, I thought this is my, like – this is my, my bracket of things that really fell apart at the end because I disagree with you. I don't think Hawkeye fits into that um, that sort of uh, mold. Um, I thought Moon Knight, WandaVision, and Shang-Chi were all really good to start, and they kind of fell off at the end. Um, I thought Shang-Chi uh, was uh, – the the buildup and everything was terrific. Um, I didn't, like, hate the ending or anything. Um, I just thought that, like – I thought they could have done a little bit better, and maybe maybe it could be as high as six for me um, and jump Moon Knight and WandaVision. But, like, Moon Knight and WandaVision in particular, though I liked them more as a whole than Shang-Chi, which is why I put them – touch higher they really missed the mark on the ending for me um and that's why i have those this is like my tier of really great setup that was squandered in the end and i just you know i mean i i needed more i needed it to land and none of those particular series landed now i think they may be better overall series than some of my next tier three through five however i can't you gotta, you gotta hit, a, you gotta nail it in the end. And none of those three, to me, nailed it in the end, and that's why they're six through eight for me. All right. Well, um, I say let's do five through two and leave one because I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we might have the same number one. No, we don't. Um, we don't. Okay. All right. Well, that makes it even more interesting. And since you went over a majority of these. Five through two. Five, Shang-Chi. Uh, number four, Moon Knight. Number three, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And number two, WandaVision. A um, little bit of reasoning behind it. I really like Shang-Chi. 
Um, I thought it was a very kind of a different take on a very not well-known, you know, character, but was able to take the whole Chinese mythology and, and, and culture and kind of apply it in this movie. And I'm like, I'm an, I'm obsessed with different types of mythology and I was obsessed with dragons when I was younger. I was a fucking, I was a nerd, but, um, he's a new character. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and Aquafina honestly really did steal that movie. She was great. Oh, she was so fantastic, man. Like, and they actually did something with the Ten Rings. That was that's kind of nice. That was cool. By the way, I I've always wanted um, Luis and Darcy to like be a couple. And then after seeing uh, Shang Chi, I was like, no, 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 Darcy. Yeah, sorry. I love you, girl, but you're a sideline. Aquafina, like. Uh, and I, fuck, I forget her character's name. It's something simple. Um, but, uh, but, like, her and Louise as a couple, however you can make this work, like, would be fucking fantastic. I need to see it. Yeah. That would be pretty great. Moon Knight, for the awesome. same reason, the same reasons that we kind of said, honestly. It, it could have been higher. I still really, really liked it. It was my second favorite show. Uh, but it just, that ending kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth. And Doctor Strange, uh, next, um, I, I liked it. It was very original. It's my overhype, and it's not the movie's fault, and I want to watch the movie again to, to basically kind of just judge it on its own merits instead of the preconceived concept I threw in my head due to whatever uh, beforehand. But I still think that for a Sam Raimi film, it was fantastic. And WandaVision, to me, just, it hit differently. I don't like the way it ended. It was disappointing. But I still loved the journey so much, and it was so refreshing. For them to try something so different at the beginning of that show, uh, just really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your assessments. And, and in fact, I think I I have, like, I, I kind of have three tiers, because in, in the second tier is split into two, because... The six, seven, and eight for me, Moon Knight, WandaVision, Shang Chi, are the ones that I don't think landed the ending. My five through three are five, What If, four, Hawkeye, three, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I think Hawkeye's ending was totally fine because it was, it was kind of going to be that. Like it wasn't like a. It was just a – it was basically a buddy cop Christmas farce-type situation. Like, it was it was always going to have, like, that kind of ending, and I was totally fine with it in, in, that, in that particular realm. We weren't dealing with something like a Moon Knight where you're having all of these weird dream sequences or a WandaVision where you're having um, these uh, very weird – television show portrayal type things they it wasn't set up to be that so i didn't mind the ending of hawkeye being a typical marvel fair type situation so i really enjoyed hawkeye i thought it really hit the mark i love the chemistry between renner and seinfeld i thought they were great i really really Love Florence Pugh in that. Like, she just, like, I really liked her in in Black Widow. I think she was even better in this. I think her comedic timing is so great. Her accent work is perfect. Um, 
I, she's just fucking phenomenal. I can't wait to see her in more things and be m- m- like a bigger part of the, the greater MCU because I just can't get enough of her. I think she is, you know, I we were talking earlier and I said Elizabeth Olsen has to be, you know, in the top 15, top 20 actors, you know, in, in today's uh, um world of of prominent actors i i think florence Pugh's even higher than that like she's absolutely top, top 10 for me maybe even top five like she's so fucking amazing dude like i've yet to see her do anything where she doesn't absolutely fucking kill it and like even in uh you know such a weird thing like midsummer like god she's so amazing in that movie and you know yeah i that movie's got a lot of mixed reviews because it is so fucking weird. But God, is she amazing in that movie? And like, I just, I absolutely adore her. So I had to get Hawkeye in my top five. What if I just, it, it didn't really need to have a great ending, and it did it anyway. Like it tied together all those stories, and I didn't think they were gonna go this route, but they did it. Um, I really fucking loved it, Dan. I really enjoyed what if. there were there were a couple episodes that. I didn't love, and there were – I know that there was at least one episode that was missing, and it was the the um, – it was the episode that would have introduced Gamora, who shows up in the final episode. It was supposed to be like a ep- an episode with her and Iron Man, and it just didn't – they didn't have time to finish it, and so it never made it, um, but – Man, I really loved it. I loved the fact that Ultron was we got the superior version of Ultron and you, you know, they had to they had to team up to stop him and you had all of these threads that were, you know, kind of being pulled and the fact that like uh, you know, Michael B Jordan's uh Killmonger uh is you know, has his his sort of uh, uh desires and everything that kind of run through it. I wasn't expecting like an ongoing thread with it. I was just expecting all these different one-offs, and the fact that they were able to deliver those one-offs and still tie together like a whole narrative throughout the season, I was just super impressed with it. And I think, I think because my expectations were so low, and the fact that it surpassed them by a long shot, I think probably has a lot to do with the fact that I really really respect and love it and i had to put it in my top five as well and then we've already talked about all the reasons we love dr strange in the multiverse of madness that absolutely had to be had to be in my top three now i specifically did not say my number two because i didn't want to give away my number one my number two is spider-man no way home my number one is fucking loki bro loki is still the best thing that i've seen in this uh in this phase i fucking love it so much but before we delve into any sort of loki talk obviously your number one is spider-man no way home so maybe let's talk about that a little bit before i get to why loki is my favorite well why spider-man no way home is obviously the better of the two is because the movie was able to just you know bring us back from nostalgia, of course, a little bit in there, bringing us somewhat of the closest thing we're going to see to Sinister Six, unless Sony tries to do it without a fucking Spider-Man, which they'll probably try to do that anyways. They probably will. Make them heroes or some shit, but all those characters, 
the three Spider-Men, even the Daredevil, all of that thrown in. A great story, really just gripping. The death of Aunt May, you know, all of that stuff. I just, I don't think I've been wowed by anything since Endgame and that it was that last battle, obviously, with this movie and seeing the three fucking Peters get through Tom Holland Peter's stuff. Uh, his Peter Tingle, but his sad Peter Tingle, if you will. Um, I don't. I haven't seen that in the MCU in a very in a very long time. A lot of the other stuff. I'll even be honest. I think I said at the beginning. Phase four is just been a waiting room to get the phase five for me. Yeah. Um, I. So I agree with you. I, I. For the most part, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had to like. I definitely had to rewatch it because. Uh, when we saw it in the theater the first time, I was with you. Um, I was a little toasty. Uh, I was, I'd had a few beverages. Um, I, I very much enjoyed it, but there was a lot that I didn't remember. So when I went back and watched it again, I was able to kind of like appreciate it even more. Not that I, you know, I mean, I, I went away from it being like, that was fucking great. Like I fucking loved it. Um, but I, you know, there was a, there were, there were a lot of threads that I, I kind of missed or whatever. Um, but I definitely agree with you. It, it definitely hits the mark. It, it does. It does have the perfect blend of nostalgia and good storytelling, and that is a very, very hard thing to pull off. I mean, we saw Rise of Skywalker just fucking completely flame out with that. Like we saw, um, like something like um, The Force Awakens, uh, not be able to balance it quite as well. Um, and I think, you know, The Last Jedi goes away from that, and we don't need to talk about that. Um, I, you know, I know you and I both appreciate that movie more than a, a lot of Star Wars fans, but um, that's definitely not a movie based on nostalgia as much as uh, – or really at all. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit. You know, you got Yoda in there and everything, but, like, it's not a movie that relies on nostalgia. Um, most movies that rely on nostalgia uh, don't – hit the mark they just don't and this movie actually did which is surprising because it simultaneously relied on nostalgia and then didn't because it didn't it didn't rely on it and use it as a crutch and that is just rare just rare for a movie to be able to pull that off to give you all the things that you want but also not make you feel like oh well i saw that coming <laughs> you know like it does everything, all the beats, even the fact that they did the way that they shot Mary or Mary Jane, uh, MJ, Michelle falling and the way that they shoot Andrew Garfield rescue, like catching her. They don't do it super slow. Like everything happens fast in that moment. And the, the, the way that they shoot it is it's, they hold on his face, and he asks if she's okay, and she can see his face until he's not okay. Like, and she asks him, yes, are you okay? Because she can see on his face. Like, and the way that they – that's how you capture good nostalgia. Like we don't need the super slow-mo shot of her falling and like he's got to jump, and this, this time he catches her. Like it all happens fast, and then the payoff – is the moment that we see his face and like there that's that's a microcosm but that is there's so many things in that movie that deliver on that sort of scale 
And I so I completely agree with you. Now, let me tell you why I think Loki is my number one. Loki is by far the boldest fucking thing that Marvel has done in Phase 4 to me. Like, I don't think anything else that they've done is nearly as bold. You could argue WandaVision. Um, I don't think that's – I think that's creative. I don't think that's, like, super bold. For them to fucking end their fucking show with a conversation, no big fight, no big nothing. It was literally a fucking conversation in a room, and it held my attention, and not just held my attention, but had me on the fucking edge of my seat on what the fuck was going to happen. It kept you guessing every fucking episode. You had no fucking clue where it was going. Usually with Marvel shit… You can be like, oh, I bet it's going here. I bet it's going there. You couldn't do that with Loki. You had no fucking clue. So, like, the fact that they were able to take this character, transport him to the Time Variance Authority, you had no fucking clue where it was going from episode to episode. So it kept you on your feet the whole time. The fact that they were able to close it out without a big, huge, fucking stupid battle that they always go to, the trope that they always go to, they were able to fucking do this without the trope. They were able to take a character in Loki and not the Loki where we left off. And I disagree with the notion that uh, that having this particular Loki, um, you know, post Avengers, the original Avengers Loki, um, go through this transformation to me doesn't change anything from what we saw from our original Loki. He still had his arc. It was I thought it was very fitting. And I, I very much enjoy it and like it. But the thing about this is he was able to get in touch with the side of his humanity that even our own Loki never did. And the big part of that was his variant form, Sylvie, that was able to connect him to that. And I thought, like, it was just such a bold – everything that they did was so bold – and everything that they did worked so fucking perfectly for me from start to finish. I just fucking love it, man. I like I will never understand why John hates this show so much. I literally I think it is the best thing that we have seen in phase four. And I I think you can make an argument for No Way Home, absolutely. I don't think there's an argument for anything else above it, in my personal opinion. Well, I will agree, disagree. I definitely liked Loki, Absolutely. but I just didn't like it to that level. Um, but it still was a very interesting show. The men in black aspects to it. The just it was very creative, very different. Loved the whole entire thing with Kang at the end. I love oh, that dude, random John's universe major, where he was where, so good. Uh, where a thunderstorm is going after all of them and he's walking around with a bunch of variant Loki's, uh all that stuff was a lot of fun. So, did like the show. I just did. I just, to me, WandaVision. It it's really, also got the best alligator in Phase Four. Just saying. It does. It does better. Better than Moon Knight. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. Just for me, when it comes to the, the shows, uh, WandaVision just was so different. And yeah, it unfortunately not not to the level of some things, but the whole you know thing that you were worried about with Moon Knight 
kind of happened at the end of WandaVision. All of a sudden, she was yep. going against an evil witch, and Vision's going against an evil Vision, and final battle. It's like, I love it. And that's one thing that was refreshing about Loki. The, like I said, the Doctor Who-ish, uh, you know, Men in Black-ish, just trying something completely different, completely sci-fi, and getting away from that same MCU-style thing. That was the only one that actually kept that up, because Moon Knight obviously deterred from that, and so did, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, WandaVision. I just still liked WandaVision a little bit more than I liked Loki, but Loki is my second favorite show, technically, when you go forward. Oh, I guess Moon Knight is. Oh, maybe I did pick some. I did this list really fucking quickly, okay? So. I did too. I did too, but I'm very steadfast in my, my top two. I changed this list. Well. I'll admit, I changed certain aspects of the list while I was saying it the first time. I'm like, uh, that one's going to go up and that one's going to go down. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think, I think for me personally, I think we're, we're very much in agreement on our 9 through 11. Um, I think those are those are pretty much you can maybe move those around i can move anything from three through eight around like like my number three is is dr strange two my number eight is shang chi there's all the the different uh you know hawkeye what if moon knight one division all those shows in between um i can move those in basically any order but for me like spider-man uh and loki are just gotta be my top two like I, I just think they they're, – they're the two things that really hit – to me, like hit all the beats from start to finish and are just fucking terrific from beginning to end. And I think um, there are lulls in, in all of those other middle ones, and there are even more lulls in you know Black Widow, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Eternals. So. I agree. But – um. Yeah, man. I guess you could say that for phase four, you know, we got your the last one's Blade, I believe. That's part of the movies. But before that, uh, Ant-Man, the Wasp, that whole movie. I forgot what the fuck it's called. It's like Micronauts or some bullshit like that. Uh, Quantumania. Quantumania. Blood and Thunder. The Thor one's coming out next. You know, we got the next Black Panther to see what they're going to do in that whole situation. We got some films, we got some shows, looking forward to Echo, looking forward to a lot of these, but I don't know, I think that, I think everyone's hoping that Fantastic Four ends up being the last movie, a part of Phase 4 to get us into Phase 5, and that's been rumored for a while, not confirmed, but there is a possibility with that. I hope that these films do get a little bit more rejuvenated towards the end of this phase. I think the sequels to some of the bigger characters and also introducing some of these characters like the X-Men, like the villains a part of the X-Men, like the Fantastic Four and the villains that are part of that, and, you know, the fact that Namor is probably going to come up most likely in Black Panther. We're expanding the universe, and we're not having to... It's great that we've done what we've done, you know, maybe there will be a West Coast uh, Avengers. Maybe it won't be called that, but maybe it will be War Machine and and uh, Moon Knight and a lot of those characters, Hercules and stuff like that, to change it up, to give a new dynamic. And, hey, guess what? We got the whole fucking multiverse, so if we want another Captain America, it doesn't really make sense how he became old Captain America, but he's part of the same universe to begin with. So who gives a shit is what I'm saying. So I'm excited about the future 
when it comes to the MCU. I just think that this was always going to be kind of a transitional period. And I think one of the cooler things I'm looking forward to, Nick, is one of the next shows coming up with Secret Invasion, because that's one of my favorite comic book arcs in the 2000s. Um, so, you know, we're going to see a lot of stuff. Let's not get the Secret Wars anytime soon. Let's let's keep on building up the universe you got with some of the characters coming into it before we try to go into the Beyonders realm. Um, but what do you think? Ending Phase 4, going into Phase 5, are we in a good direction? And is the MCU going to strive for another 100 years, Nick? <laughs> God, I wouldn't put it past it. Um, I See, I think... I think there's an argument to be made that we're treading water until we get to, you know, the next sort of um, sort of big uh, big bad type thing, and I think that that's fine. Like I'm enjoying most of these stories. I mean, I like I don't need. I I know a lot of people want like a big bad like a through line something to build towards. I think we really, honestly, I think we have that in Kang. I think I just don't think they're they're being as heavy handed with the sprinkling, if you will. Um, but we all know Kang is a fucking huge ass character in the comics. We all know that he is this fucking OG. We know that like he has been unleashed, and he will be a fucking problem. I think that's what they're going to be building towards. I just don't think they're being as as him fisted with the like they were with Thanos, um, and I'm fine with that. I don't need every post credit scene to be some little shot of some Kang variant fucking taking over or something. You know, like I, I like I'm fine with that. I, I I think we're that's what we're building towards. Um, but I, I I don't need to like be reminded of it every time. And maybe maybe. The fact that they're not doing that is Feige trusting his audience maybe a little too much. I, I don't know, um, but that's that, that's where I'm at. And if they don't do that, I mean, if they like, I mean, we know he's going to be in Quantumania. Like that's confirmed. So mm-hmm. we're going to see that, and then maybe that'll start the build towards Kang being the next big bad threat. Um, I don't think I just because I think we're we're not going to see like a, too many Avengers stories or we might not see another Avengers story at all uh, I don't we're definitely I, from what I can tell not going to see one in phase four but we have all these other teams coming in we have the Fantastic Four coming in Kang is a big foe for them we have the X-Men coming in I mean I, like I'm excited I just I I'm not I'm not burnt out on this I <clears throat> I do think I think part of what is happening here uh, as far as some people being a little bit burnt out or, or um, sort of wavering in their fandom because, you know, we're 28 fucking movies in. Like, that's a lot of movies. Um, but I think a big part of that is is the fact that we ended so strongly, so strongly on Phase 3. Like, throwing Captain Marvel aside, because I think that was one of the weaker additions in Marvel's Phase 3. I mean, we you think about it. We kicked it off with Civil War, <laughs> which is <clears throat> a lot of people's favorite, one, you know, top five 
Marvel movie. It's not my top five, but <clears throat> probably top ten. Uh, but like it's it's up there. It's a great fucking movie. And then you just roll through it. Like Doctor Strange was probably you know um, at least a mid tier one. But then you start getting into like you know you got the continuation of the Guardians. A lot of people love that. Um, and then when you get into like the real meat of everything, when you start really getting into Infinity War, Endgame, you got Spider-Man coming in, so you got Homecoming, you got Far From Home, you got all of these different things, you got Black Panther, which was a huge phenomenon, like, I think Phase 3 set so much up, and it was had an obvious build, and then it had a perfect payoff, that I think people are just maybe... Your expectations are are getting too high uh, in the fact that once in-game happened and it just ended so perfectly, it's going to be hard to get people back on that same level of hype movie to movie because we still got to tell these smaller stories. And I think that's a big part of why m- – granted – it's actually it's probably not a big part of why they're doing um, the television shows. They want to win the streaming wars. That's why they're doing the television shows. But I think I think there's at least some part of it, which is why they're trying to tell more stories through that that medium, because it, it's going to be harder and harder to live up to that mantle for these various different movies. It's just going to be. I mean, I don't think you're going to beat. Infinity War into Endgame anytime soon. I just don't yeah. think it's possible. Like that, that was a fucking culmination of fucking shit. That was on the level of going to see The Force Awakens after not seeing a Star Wars movie for like twenty years or fifteen years or whatever it was, ten years, twelve years, something like that. I can't remember exactly. I think that came out in fifteen. It was like it was like ten years, um, but like. It was a fucking huge event, and like, Endgame was like even bigger. And you're just not gonna you're not gonna be able to like top that with any of these these movies at the beginning of Phase Four. And I think and movie wise, to... what's the closest that's probably gotten close to it is Spider Man. And what do they have to do? Right. Get fucking Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, all the nostalgia. Yeah. Yes, all the nostalgia. And like, and that's and and a credit to them for pulling that off mm-hmm. again. Like I said, like. It's hard to balance all those things, and they did it great. But you're just not going to get that with the majority of these movies. You're just not. Like, and I think maybe people have to readjust their expectations just a bit um, and kind of remember what it was like entering Phase 2 or Phase 3 of these various different things and realize that, like, not everything that we've ever gone to see, sometimes you go see a Doctor Strange or sometimes you go see a Captain Marvel or, you know, uh, various different things. Not everything is going to be on the level of, you know, Avengers 3 and 4 or, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's another example. Like, you're just not going to get – I think that was – yeah, that was Phase 3. Um, I, Ant-Man was the last movie of Phase 2. I stand for Ant-Man. It's still in my top 10, might even be in my top 5. Fucking love that movie, but um, it's probably not my top five anymore, though. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think people just have to readjust their expectations. 
And, I mean, here's the thing. As long as these things make money, and as long as they're quality, that's also a difference between, you know, I wish certain directors would understand this from seeing certain films. Um, As long as they're making money and they're of quality and Kevin Feige's at the helm, this can go on for a while. If this is more of a drier period where they're establishing certain villains, like, you know, we've talked about Kang. There's Baron Zemo that's out there. Can he start the Masters of Evil? That's also a nice villain to kind of throw in the mix uh, for right now. Um, But it's about to change very drastically, like I said, once we kind of start, you know, turning the curve. And they announce X-Men, Wolverine, Fantastic Four, Mm -hmm. all of these characters. For as long as it took us to get to Thanos, I think we should probably think that that's going to take us to get to Galactus. Yeah. I'm assuming that's going to be, and that's that was what three phases. So yeah. you got to establish storyline. You got to b- build these teams. And guys, I'm sorry. I know some people don't want to hear this, but certain characters are probably going to get recast. There's a good chance of that because I'm sorry. A lot of these characters are probably more important than the actor that's playing them. Um, and that's just how it's going to have to happen. Are you Unless, speaking more of? say a black panther or are you speaking more of Captain america iron man oh you think they'll bring in different variants of those characters i it's either other universes or something so basically the way i see it is if we we finish up the this phase blades brought in at the end fantastic four you go and start you know expanding the x-men you can do something, maybe not call it something stupid like the West Coast Avengers, but do something where you establish a team of those characters to take on the Avengers. Eventually, though, people are going to want to see fucking Captain America and Iron Man, and if you end up getting different actors to play them, great. If you can get the old ones to come back and you can do something story-wise, maybe do new Avengers, which is when it's Cap and Tony and they grab, oh, I don't know, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Daredevil, the the top superheroes to make this ultimate Avengers group, great. But um, unfortunately, it's it, sometimes if those characters resonate, even though we love the actors that played them, just like other superheroes, there's other actors that can play them. That's I, I I don't disagree with you. I don't think we're heading there anytime soon. No, no, this would be. Yeah. Uh, Phase at the end of phase six? five, phase six. Yeah, I uh, would agree. Yeah, somewhere down the line, like seven, eight years from now. And also, the greatest villain in comic books still hasn't even come out, and that's Doctor Doom. So right. wait till Kevin Feige can do Doctor Doom right. And you got Magneto. We already talked about Kang. There's the yep. Beyonder. There's pl- uh, Annalis. There's the Living plenty- Tribunal. There's plenty of villains, you know, intergalactic or whatever. Mephesto, honestly, as much as that's a joke, he's the devil. He's yeah. a great character to get involved if you want a Nightmare. real bad villain. I know that they were exploring doing Nightmare for the last two movies, and they haven't done him in Doctor Strange yet. So There's another one. And, you know, there's also still Dormammu. Hopefully he won't take a bargain next time and actually whoop some ass. So yeah. I have a lot of positivity towards the MCU. You know, I don't think every one of them is going to be a, a Civil War or a, um Endgame or any of these ones that are really some of their best films and some of the single ones, if you will, like, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, Winter Soldier, you know. Um, there, there are going to be some movies, like you said, Nick, that are going to be 
kind of more lull, chill, introducing new characters. We had to get Florence Pugh as the new, you know, Black Widow. So we, we, we've established her. I'm just worried a little bit about Black Panther, but that's for stuff that has nothing to do with anything. I just, but, man, I know we've said this so many times. I just, I think whether it's a variant that comes into this universe or whatever, I hope he's not just dead. Like, it, when you know we what his Black brother Panther said, right? Too, what did he say? Uh, he said that he doesn't think that Chadwick would want them to stop T'Challa as a character because of his death. Good. I don't like I like I don't like and I've never felt comfortable really saying it. Maybe I have. But if I did, I always felt a little uncomfortable because you don't want to, like, speak for other people who are dead. But I never got the impression that he would want that either. He never said it. So I didn't, you know, but like I I just think that character is too important to, like, sideline. Like I, and I, I I don't mind them not using him for two. But. They're going to have to have a really good explanation as to why he's not around, and they're furthermore, they're going to have to, I would hope, do that explanation without him being dead. And like – and at some – like I think you can you can recast the character. I don't think it's – nobody's going to be upset about it. I really think they've put themselves in like a weird position where they've been so uh, – like so in this like – spot of honoring Chadwick Boseman to the point where you're you're dishonoring the character in my opinion by like not using him and like I don't know like I I know I threw this out there to you a while ago I just think Lakeith Stanfield is right there man like yeah he would be great and he he's got the same sort of build he doesn't obviously he doesn't look exactly like Chadwick Boseman, but he looks more like Chadwick Boseman than fucking Don Cheadle does fucking Terrence Howard. Like, and I know that's a side <laughs> character, but like, come on, man. Like, I just think he's like he's a phenomenal actor. He's right there. I think he would be perfect for the role. I think he could capture those nuances that Boseman was able to do as well. Um, I've just seen him do a lot of different stuff in his various roles, and I think he'd be great. And like I said, he's got like the exact same build. They're, both like right around six feet tall they both have like slimmer builds but like still um you know like look uh you know muscular uh, on a slim slimmer build um and i just think that would be he'd be great and i don't i I don't have a problem if they do it with a if they do you know uh throw out that he was you know, killed. Uh, I, I just, I hate that killing someone off screen. You know, like, but like, if they do have that, I don't. I just don't know how you do it otherwise. Honestly, well, I don't. Could you? I mean, this, like we've said, this is all reflecting. I, and I've really, like I said, ever since his brother said that and actually signed the petition to get him recast as a statement, basically, I feel more comfortable saying this stuff. But like. If Michael Keaton plays Batman in Batman 89 and tragically dies, well, obviously they recast him regardless. But I'm just saying, like, no, we have to keep that character. You know, Bruce Wayne's going to die and we're going to bring in another guy. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I, you need to do that. I, like, no. I just think I think but I think it's you know what it's going to be, though. 
It's either right. going to be a variant or they're going to bring back Killmonger from the dead and Michael B. Jordan's going to play him and they're going to fucking change that him makes or something. No sense to me. No. I like none. and I love I fucking love his, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I love Michael B. Jordan. I love his character of Killmonger. I thought he was fucking fantastic. It makes absolutely no fucking sense to bring him in to be Black Panther. Just recast him. It's not that fucking complicated. I really yeah. and and the fact that his brother Lakeith is on board Sunfield with it. Or let me throw out John David Washington. That's another name I always hear. I that yeah, I think would that be would fantastic. be that would be fine. I, I like. I think Stanfield would be a little bit better, but I mean, I think I think John, I would be fine with uh, John David Washington. I mean, I think I, I and and there could be plenty of actors that could do the part. Like I, I like I don't think I just don't think we need to like have hold the character hostage because of a, a, a set of tragic circumstances. Um, I don't think it's dishonoring the memory of Chadwick Boseman to, to recast the character. I just don't buy into that notion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. All right, the last thing I, I want to just throw out there is just my opinion on if they're going to, like... All right, base, first Fantastic Four. Based yep. on the fact that John Krasinski's 42, uh, we don't know if he's actually going to play him or not. They might get someone completely different. But I think that's actually, especially since he looks a little bit younger, I think people in their 30s with Johnny trying to be in his late 20s is mm-hmm. the way I would go for it. But around that, I wanted to suggest one person for Ben Grimm that's actually in his 50s, but you know, he's going to be in rocks and shit, so I don't think it will matter. No, Dude, si- it won't matter. 6'3", he's played a role doing a New York accent for several seasons on a television show he led, uh, and he's Jewish, which Ben Grimm is one of the shit. I mean, besides Magneto and Moon Knight are, like, some of the only Jewish superheroes that they have. Okay. I think, I think Lee Schreiber should play him. Ooh, I like that. I, I, I like that, that a lot. Um, He's 52, but, like, does it really matter? Because The Rock, if so, I could get The Rock to play him, if, if The Rock was Jewish, he's in his, like, 50s, too. So, is he? Damn. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, he's been around in the, uh, you know, since the 90s in, in you know, wrestling, so, yeah. Um, 50, yeah, he's 50. Wow, okay. he looks great for 50. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, he's he's got that bronze fucking skin, man. That shit just just fucking it lasts forever. Uh, fucking Samoans, man. Yeah, um, but like, yeah, no, I think I think Schreiber would be great. Uh, I think he's got the perfect voice for it because he's got that sort of voice that is both can be both intimidating and comforting at the same time, which I think is perfect for a character yeah, like Ben Grimm. It's- it's low and growly, but it still has a lot of presence, and he can yes. ham it up because he's done voice acting, and he did a Kingpin and had, like, it much more – and he can do a New York accent because of Ray Donovan, so. Yeah. Well, and, and like, I just think, like, he's got the sort of comedic bits that you would want for, like – because, like, Ben has always, you know, in, in the iterations of uh, Ben Grimm – in the comics and in the first two Fantastic Four movies, obviously we're setting aside Fan Four Stick. Um, he he has always kind of been like the the sort of 
him and Johnny are kind of the the comic relief type buddy buddy type things, whereas uh, Reed and Sue are a little more serious. And like, so I think that I think he would be great because I mean, if you've seen a movie like Goon, he can be goofy and sort yeah. of funny and also be serious at, when he needs to be. And like, I, I, yeah, I like that a lot, man. I think that it's that clobbering one, time. It's know? clobbering time. Yeah, dude, I think he could nail it. I like it. I like that one. So if you go John Krasinski, I think that Emily Blunt's a perfect person for for Sue Storm. Honestly, I mean, why not? They're uh, like, what just the bring in the bring in the fucking power couple. Hey, bro. you did you hear that? Um, what's Spider Man's director's name? But the one that was supposed to do Fantastic Four, he dropped off, and a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, John Watts. Yeah, Watts uh, dropped off. Um, the rumor is that Foggy asked him to do a future film, but wanted John Krasinski to direct the Fantastic Four. Oh, so, fuck. I didn't even think about that. And I, I love I, Quiet Place. That was an awesome Yeah, fucking Quiet one. Place was fucking fantastic. I haven't seen the sequel, but, like, the first Me one. Me neither. The first one is really good. Um, I didn't really need that story to continue. That's why I haven't seen the sequel. I mean, I'll watch it at some point, but... Um, but no, I mean, I thought that was great, and I mean, I think, I think that would be awesome. Like, especially if if uh, he's gonna, you know, be in it. I mean, he's proven that he can direct and act in the same thing because he's great in that movie as an actor too. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I would, I would totally be down for that if that's the the direction that they want to go. Um, uh, okay, so who who's your? I'm I'm curious now. Who's your Johnny Storm? Johnny Storm, I mean, get a Zac Efron type, but I would say Zac Efron, but now he's actually in his mid thirties, so it's kind of like, yeah, doesn't work as well. He can, a, you can, he can be a little young, like he can look a little younger. I mean, I think it would work, but maybe you could get somebody who would be more apropos. I always like uh, what's a guy from uh, Baby Driver? Is it? Um, oh, uh, a- 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 Ansel Elgort. He he's someone like to me. Johnny has a similar personality to Barry and Wally, and I could see him playing any of those three roles. So the Flashes, yeah. either one of them. So either him or uh, is it Darcy Montgomery who who's the, uh, the asshole oh, yeah. in Stranger Things, and he also was a Red Ranger. Thanks. Yeah, you get someone yeah, like that. No, who's Doom? I though like... that's the question. That's the fucking big one. I like both of those. I would also throw I Dacre Montgomery I think would be great. I think he's got the I think I, I think out of those two, that's who I would prefer. Um mm-hmm. I also like um and maybe it would be I think he might be a little too old now, um, as well. Um but I think he was great in the Wolverine. Um uh what's his fucking name? He plays the as I live and breathe, the Wolverine, that guy, the fucking, um, you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember his fucking name now. Um, I'm blinking. Uh, uh fuck. Uh, did you mean the Wolverine or did you mean the first one? Oh, oh I'm sorry, Logan. He's in Logan. He's the, uh, the, 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 not the, like the, pretty much the main antagonist. He's the blonde-haired guy with the metal arm and everything. Oh, like, Boyd Holbrook, man. He yes, Boyd Holbrook would be awesome. Like, he's got that cockiness that, like, you need for Johnny Storm. I think he might be a little too old. I think, like, I, I don't know how old he is. My guess would be 35-ish. So that would be too old. But, um, 
but I mean, I think Dacre Montgomery could bring that same bravado. I think I see him as like a ten year younger boy. I don't know why, but I feel like he could work off uh, what's his name, Leif Schreiber, really well. Really well, yeah. I think he could do uh, visually. I at think least. it would. I think well, yeah, and I think it would. Man, I wish we had been able to see. I think they they were going to have Leif Schreiber be in uh, in Logan, and they like cut it uh, or never filmed it or whatever but i think that would have been excellent like to see those two together if they were indeed going going to be filmed together um like yeah that would have been that would have been interesting and we could have actually seen them play off each other in a, in, in a small part potentially but i yeah like that's the kind of vibe that i would be going for and i i, I like the dacre montgomery pick i think he would be I think he'd be very interesting in that role. I also think he would make potentially like a really good angel. Ooh. Um, just because he's so fucking handsome and like angel's supposed to be like this, like, oh my God, he's so fucking handsome type character. Um, and he's got like sort of a um, cocky bravado thing going on uh, uh, for him in, in like in the comics at least. So, um like out of the the original lineup, he's even more cocky than Cyclops, um, and so yeah, I think I think he could work in that sort of respect as well. It, depending on if they want to go really young or older, it, I mean I don't know. You know, that's I what, like him. I'd like someone that could also because it's not really known to a lot of people, but um, Peter Parker becomes best friends with Johnny Storm because they're around the same age and they kind of like oh, right. yeah. play off each other. So someone that's close to Tom and, Holland's age would be Yeah, cool. and I think Dacre Montgomery could – yeah, I think he can pull that off. Like I, I could see them vibing. Honestly, but Montgomery, I could see him because I've seen pictures of him looking really rugged. He would actually be a good Wolverine too, and he's like 5'8"-ish. You know, but Isn't there's so many people – like I think he's 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I can't believe I know these people's heights, but – I can. Oh, cast yeah, I can. No, uh, I can <laughs> absolutely believe you know their heights. Five eleven. So he's a little bit taller. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would go yeah. shorter. I would go shorter no. for Wolverine. I don't. I don't need it to be five foot three because, I mean, unless we're the only person that's ever like that I've ever thought of who could absolutely like, or maybe at least have the look and the height. I don't think he's got the necessarily – I've never seen him have the chops except in, like, one movie. But Scott Kahn, obviously they're not they, – he's too old now, and he's not a big enough name and all that. But, like, it, just, it would be so hard to find someone who's actually 5'3", five, 5'4", five, who's built big enough to, like, portray Wolverine. Um, so I'm not expecting that. But somebody between, like, 5'7", five, 5'9", five, would be ideal for me. Jared Kesso is another one of my favorite ideas. Oh, yes. That's who I want to be Wolverine. Absolutely, man. He's, like, he's a he's, big actor in Canada. Why don't you have him play Canadian's biggest fucking superhero? Yeah, and, like, people love Letterkenny. I love Letterkenny. I think he'd be great. I mean, I can't wait for Shorty. Like, yes, yes. I saw that, man. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, but, like, no, dude, I think he would be fucking fantastic. I think... I mean, I I absolutely think he would take the role. I think he's he's got the comedic chops. I mean, we ha- I haven't seen him in anything other than Letterkenny, but I mean, I think I mean I, when I think back on it, I don't think I'd really seen Chris Pratt in anything other than Parks and Rec before he was Star Lord. 
Yeah, just that one weird role in Wanted where he played the douchebag coworker that got hit in the face from the keyboard and then was one of the assassins at the end of it. What, you mean that fucking, that movie where they're curving bullets? Yeah, man, it was terrible. That's not what yeah, the fucking bad movie. was about. I, cool. I, didn't even, I didn't even remember he was in that, honestly. It's been so long since I've seen it. Um, honestly, the only thing I remember is the last scene of the movie. Spoilers, Angelina Jolie curves the bullet, kills everybody and herself. <laughs> I remember that. That's it. That's it. Uh I, I, I've always loved the idea, and I don't know if they're close to John Krasinski's age, but I really don't care. I don't have to have fucking Reed Richards meet Dr. Doom in college. I mean, that's been a part no. of a certain mythos. I well, would actually I get Jamie Lannister. they could already have them established. They could already have an established relationship, right? I've always liked the idea of uh, either Jamie Lannister, which I always forget how to pronounce his name correctly. Oh, uh, yeah, Nicola Costa-Waldo. I knew you'd do that. And then uh, Cillian Murphy also is another person that I would – he's going to be underneath the fucking mask most of the time, you know? Cillian I, Murphy would be really great. Um, do you think he's imposing enough? Because I think Costa Waldo is. He's big. Cillian Murphy's kind of slight of frame. I don't know. Vigo Mortensen's another one that's been thrown out there for a long time. And still could I don't think pocket. he would do it. I don't no. see him signing up for an MC. Like, I mean, he's not like he's. It's not as ridiculous as saying like Daniel Day Lewis, but like, I don't think he would do it. I don't. I just don't. I don't think he would. Um, I I think he would be fucking terrific, but I don't think he would do it. Um, but like, do you like? So I got a question here, though. Do you want him to be a Reed Richards contemporary, or are you not as concerned with that? I'm not as concerned as as him having a relationship. They can actually know each other from whatever happened throughout their well, science. See, okay, careers. so here's what but, I was going to suggest: is what if Reed Richards is less of a contemporary of Doctor Doom, but he's a student of Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom fine. is quickly realizes that Reed Richards is smarter than. And you so you have that dynamic of the student surpassing the teacher and the teacher having that grudge against him. And then it would make sense to have a 20, 25, 30 year old older Dr. Doom. I would be completely down with that. And what sucks about this is that certain people just don't understand how great of a character this is, because, I mean, I mean, if you could get anyone to play this, Dan Day-Lewis or Leonardo DiCaprio would fucking kill to play a villain of this level, but... I don't like I Leo for it. I think the people that we, we, we named was good. I'll throw out Giancarlo Esposito just because. I'll throw out Idris Elba. I don't give a fuck that he played him, Dale. Never show his face. Just, um, you guys fucked him over. Play I'll throw stupid. out Christoph Waltz. I think he's got the same sort of problem as Killian Murphy, though. He's sort of slight of frame. Um, yep. I just don't. I don't think he's like imposing him. enough. I like him a Waltz, lot. Now that I think about it, he would be a great Doc Ock in the MCU. God, he would actually. Yeah, he would be a fucking terrific Doc Ock. That's a great. Suggestion. Just thought of that. Um, maybe I have him put on just a little bit of weight, and yeah, no, he'd be fucking terrific. Um, Ooh, uh, I. I sorry, oh, go. go I, I just I just found a cool idea from someone, and based off of Northman. What about Alexander Skarsgård? 
see, that would be a contemporary, and that would be fine with me, and that would be great. Like, I think that would be... He's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Like, six, yeah, very, like, very imposing. Um, I think he could... I think he could do it. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. That That's probably the best one we've thrown out there so far. Honestly. Good job, people, on as Google. Far as, like, as far as, like, uh, that makes sense and that, like, fits the bill for all of the things that we would want it to be. I do I do kind of like the idea of, like, the teacher and student aspect of it, though. But I um, I, uh, I, I had one more name, and I, I lost it. Um, it was, uh, it was an older actor. Um, bah, 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 bah. Okay, this is terrible podcasting. Let's move on. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I probably interrupted you. While no, I mean, the fuck, man. I don't care. Like, Alexander Skarsgård, <laughs> I think, I think that's a good place for us to settle, honestly. I think I was uh, just basically, I got captured in it. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's better than what I was going to say. <laughs> like, based I, on the I'm boys, too. Confident it was better. Based on the boys, too, I'm going to throw out Anthony Starr, who's around the same height. He plays Homelander. He plays yeah. an evil motherfucker on that show, so that's another person. I would love – I don't – okay, I wouldn't love him for Doom, but I would love him to be in the, the MCU. MCU. I remember when we when we used to be on that uh, fan casting page, there was that, um, that dude who always wanted him to play Moon Knight. And uh, I think he would have been a, go- a really good Moon Knight. Now he would have been as good as Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac fucking killed that. That has got to be one of the top five performances. Oh yeah, acting oh, performances yeah. in the like and and like I think uh, after watching uh, Multiverse of Madness, I think uh, Elizabeth Olsen would be up there as well, uh, right in there with like Robert Downey Jr. and you know a handful a handful of others uh, or a couple of others uh, since it's top five. Um, but I. Uh, I do love Anthony Starr. I love Banshee. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was a fucking fantastic show. Well, that was dude, on. that the, the crazy thing is I hadn't watched Banshee, but because of Banshee, I'm pretty sure the dude's like close to six foot. I think he's like 5'11", maybe. Yeah, yeah he's about six foot, yeah. But a lot of people wanted him, based on Banshee, to play Wolverine. And that's before he was in, even with blonde hair and playing Homelander, which is what I know right. him from, and I was like, what? I was like that. Yeah, guy? but like if you see him in Banshee, he's he, he's got dark hair. He's like naturally dark haired, um, and uh, I think his his facial expressions would fit Wolverine so well, especially if you watch Banshee and you watch his character because he is acting a, a lot on aggression, um, even more so than he is in um, as Homelander. Uh, whereas Homelander, he's he's kind of he's crazy as this is to say he's kind of more nuanced because um, he's got the whole fucking uh, he, he's got like a lot of like weird trauma uh, drinking breast milk weird shit going on. Um, but, <laughs> uh, and, and he's got in and, and Banshee, he's got a very singular focus. Um, and uh, but no, I I highly encourage it's on HBO Max. Man. You should definitely watch it. It's fucking great. I'll it's check it terrific. out. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a it's a very concise four seasons. It's got a beginning. It's got an end. You're not gonna like be left like oh man like they canceled it like it's great. Um, I, I very very much highly recommend it. And I could see why people would want him uh, for Wolverine. Uh, I like uh, John Bernthal would have also been a great Wolverine had oh, he not been, been Frank Castle. 
Um, but like, he would have been a great thing because he's Jewish and he's also from New York. But obviously fuck, that yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah, I I think you got to keep him as Punisher. I mean, you got oh, yeah. Toxin. I I want I want them to bring him in as Punisher. He's fucking a great Frank Castle. Yeah, so he is. It's fantastic. I think you got to keep going with that. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to do like some X Men? Well, my whole thing with the X Men is, and someone kind of broke this down, and I kind of agree with them. I would do X Men with the movies. The only one casting wise, because we kind of talked about Wolverine is Magneto, but I'll leave it for the end. I have just two choices based on where they go. But I think X-Men should be handled, just do the fucking first class in the first movie and have a Wolverine film come out shortly after that. I agree. Kind of reintroduce it. Um, I agree. Just do bare bones. So it's Cyclops, Angel, Iceman, Jean Grey, and Beast. That's it. And second totally film, if you want to kind of show them as kids and then like maybe a little bit older – like, you know, that's fine, too. I think that would be a cool dynamic of, like, the children of the Atom, like, at first kids, and then they're older and learning from Professor X, staying hidden, obviously, to the MCU because no one knows about them. But I don't know how they're going to do that anyways. For the second film, I would introduce the rest of the guys from the giant size. And the, the reason why is because you have Nightcrawler, who's a great character, very different. Colossus, great character. Storm, uh, you, you introduce both... Um, Thunderbolt, who's Native American, so you can have an like. The, it was a very diverse group of different characters within it. Sunfire, who's uh, you know Japanese, yeah. Um, Colossus, so yeah, and you can you can now integrate them with whoever you have left a part of from the original one. I don't know if anyone yeah. goes, and then well, also no, put Wolverine a, into it. I think that's a great way to do it because of just the history of the comics. Like yes. you, like when they introduced Giant Size X Men. That was when they brought in Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, all these other characters to make it like a more world-building type team, and I think that would be a very good way to go. I think I would try to have a little more diversity with the original X-Men and not just make them all white people. Uh, yeah, um, honestly, I, I think, I you think could, it would be really cool to have Cyclops and Beast both be black. Honestly, I could go with that. I was going to suggest maybe having Angel be um, just maybe like um, like I, I just not not straight up white. Like maybe have him be. I don't. I don't. I don't have like an like mix. Well, like have like a multicultural background. Um, you know where uh, like a. I'm trying to think of an actor. Um, but like I mean, he's got to be a beautiful man. Like, like even like a, like a, I don't know. Cause you, you, you do have to do it with the, the, the notion that behind it, he is what Alex Worthington, the third or whatever the fuck is. Yeah. Like he comes from a rich family. Um, but like, he doesn't necessarily have to just be a white dude. Um, no. And honestly, that, you do have to have that wealth element behind him though. I think, I, I think it's important to the character. Um, but then, no, I mean, I think maybe you're maybe you're right. Maybe you have MB White just because it fits better, and then you have like Cyclops be a, a person of color. You could have Beast be a person of color, um, and then um, uh, who's the who's the uh, Ice Yeah, and I mean, he could. I mean, obviously, he could. Well, be one too. thing that's important for Iceman to be in this, He's obviously, gay. is yeah, yeah, because. You know, that was something established that he's been fighting with, 
and finally was able to come out in the MCU because a past version of himself from another world who was out at a very young age, you know, made him feel better about doing it, even though he acted like a ladies' man for years within the MCU. So I think that dynamic's important. Um, Yes. Just the character of Beast in general, just because of how humble and how, you know, good he is and, and all the fucking shit he has to go through just because he looks differently, I think speaks a lot of words, and I always have as a character, but I also don't want, well, monster character, let's make that the, you know, another person, a part of a different race. Uh, but Cyclops, yeah. anyone could fucking play Cyclops, honestly. Anybody. Anyone. Scott Summers, you know, you could really get pretty much anyone to play him, and it would be fine. I think Angel, honestly, because kind of how we played it out, it does make sense. That he uh, would be but, white, yeah. He's got a fucking white-ass name. That's pretty goddamn name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Worthington the Third. Like, that's a white-ass name if I've ever heard it. I think it's but, Worthington. I'm not I'm not positive, but, like, I'm But the sure beautiful thing, like, like you said, Harrington, Giants, Worthington something. It, no, it's it's definitely Worthington. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, with Giant Size, all of them were different cultures of different places, and I really think they should strive to get actors of each type of concept. Even Nightcrawler, who I believe is from France, and there's not – No, Germany. Any? He's from Germany. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's nothing I, I don't think saying that he has to be any type of, you know, fucking race. Colossus and a, a lot of stuff that he deals with being from Russia, obviously Storm, you know, a lot of those characters would be cool. And then you introduce Wolverine in that. And I yeah. think that would be a perfect blend. Well, and I honestly think like and I've had this sort of notion from the beginning. I think a cool way to introduce Wolverine would be Alpha Flight. Yeah, like just do an Alpha Flight movie where Wolverine is the central character of the movie, and that could be his introduction. Um, and yeah, you could kind of go from there. Um, and I think even if you wanted to do like an Alpha Flight, you could do a Wolverine movie where he starts off with Alpha Flight, goes rogue. They send Hulk out to get him, so you get a touch of Wolverine versus Hulk. Like, you could blend these things and throw in a lot of different comic elements um, that are in there. Uh, and and But ultimately, I think, you know, you end up with – I think he's an important enough character to where you introduce him on his own terms and then bring him into the fold later. Um, yep. And I think, honestly, you could do that with Storm and a Black Panther thing. Absolutely. I think you could do that with Rogue in a Captain Marvel I was Marvel just about story. to say, what if you get to the end of the second X-Men film and there is a, either someone telling the X-Men, maybe Professor X, or they're watching on the news of Captain Marvel was taken down by one touch of blah, blah, yeah. blah individual that went on the run and almost killed yeah. her. Yeah, like that's one of the most powerful them. superheroes yeah. in the MCU, and she got almost got killed by this person's touch. I wanna I wanna throw this out there just because I just thought of it, and maybe it's terrible, but um, what about uh, what about Ruth for Rogue? I love that. Like, I, I love like, that. I mean, she's okay. We know that she could do like a hick accent. I think she could probably pull off. A combination of that with like a, that and a touch of Southern Bell. I don't think you need to throw the Southern Bell on it too much, but like she can do that accent, like the North, 
or Southern Missouri accent, which isn't too far from the Mississippi accent. It, it, they, there are differences, but like, I think, like, I think she would be actually pretty fucking good. Like, she's got the sort of curly hair. You hey, have her grow it out a bit, dye it red. I, like, I gotta say, man, Julia Garner is a is another one of those actors where I'm like, I hope they up, end up as a character in the MCU or, yeah, or DC, just oh, because God, they could so do a great job. Good. By the way, just side note, let's not spoil like uh, Ozark, but like, were you satisfied with the way it ended? No. Not really. I was a little not as well. <laughs> I like, I, I, I got it. I thought yeah. it was fitting. I didn't like it. If that, oh, if that, makes that sense. season was so fucking good too. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It was amazing. But yeah, yeah, especially I was the, a little like, dissatisfied. I was too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she would be good for like a rogue um, gambit. Who do you like? Who who jumps to mind for you? See, I think Dacre Montgomery could do gambit too. What's the other kid that's on that? That's like uh, the normal dude, like the the fun, good looking kid who plays the cool dude the first season, and Dakar Mon- Montgomery beats the crap out of him. I forgot that actor's name. Um, he works so at we're the. We're not food talking place. about Steve, are we? Is it Steve? Yeah. Or Dad Steve, who becomes like the good guy, but he was the bad guy in the first one. Or are we talking about yes. the the weird guy who? No, I'm talking about Steve. Okay, uh, I don't I don't think he's Gambit. He's not handsome enough. Gambit's really handsome. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying about um, Montgomery. Because I think you would have been better. I, I see. I would have gone more with the, the weird guy. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, Winona Ryder's oldest son. Because he's, he's kind of handsome in his own kind of way. They make him not handsome in that show. But, like, he's got, like, a Josh Hartnett thing to him, which I know you always kind of like Josh Hartnett is, yeah. is a Gambit type and i think he would have been perfect you know 15 10 15 years ago um well the, the problem with charlie heaton is he looks kind of, he looks more like um who's the kid from two minute terminator 2 um, oh uh Ed, yeah Ed Furlong. Uh, yes he does i guess like Ed Furlong could have played gambit back in the day no he couldn't have no 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 um no you're right you're right he's yeah I, he couldn't play I just want to I want to throw out that I love this idea for casting and I think it's still great. Yeah, I think that uh David O O I always fuck up his last name. Oh, tell you well. Yeah, that that's going to be as close. I'm sorry, man. But the guy who played Martin Luther King in Selma, I think oh. he'd be great as Professor X. Um, Wait, isn't he um I think he's in Black Panther, isn't he? Is he? Oh. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, what's her name's husband who betrayed them, right? Isn't that him? Are you are you talking about um, dude buddy from um, Get Out? Yeah. No, that's not that's not David. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, no, you're good. He, uh, I think he's just known for uh, he's been thrown out a bunch of times. Um, the, the one person I want to ask you about is Magneto. Because I think okay. there's two actors I have in mind based on the direction of which they go. If they decide, which I, I kind of agree with this concept, and I've said his name beforehand, um, that since time span doesn't work with the Holocaust to kind of bring it towards a more modern situation, yep. like the civil rights movement, 
I think that Denzel, this is a fucking role that he would absolutely kill and would be actually something that he might be on board with since it's such an, uh is a very unique character. He's tragic. He's got so much depth to him, and I love that aspect. But there is some truth to the concept of there was three ways you could bring Magneto and have him as the same one. One is the whole concept of well, maybe he was grabbed by Hydra, and they put him in a freezing type of unit, and that's how you get to this thing. Sure. And there was, there was another one that, that made a lot of sense, like uh, something where another mutant de-ages him or something like that. Sure. The smartest one that I have to say that someone went with was, what if he's able to slow down his aging process because he's controlling the iron in his blood? Ooh. And like that has an effect on him to be able to slow down his whole entire aging process, keeping him younger. And I'm going to throw out, it's never going to happen, because he's never going to do this fucking film, but if you're doing a older gentleman that would be great, that's still older, but also isn't too old, if you will, uh, and is Jewish, I would actually pick Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. He's never going to do that, dude. He's not going to sign on to do multiple pictures. I mean, I, I said he wasn't going to do it, but I yeah, no, I know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He's not going to do it. So, but no, he would be great. Um, I would, I would absolutely love him to be that. I honestly, I threw him out for, um, for Wolverine at one point, and Drew was like, "Yeah, but he's got the cleft lip, and like, why would Wolverine have that? Because he heals himself." And I was like, "God." Damn it, Drew, you fucking asshole. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> that was actually pretty good logic, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great logic. Uh, but, like, I, I always thought he would be because he's short. He's, like, five foot seven, and he's, like, pretty stocky, and he'd be, like, has built for it. Um, but, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, he wouldn't. Maybe Adrian Brody. I just a- looked unless, up Jewish American actors. Unless, unless, unless uh, like, he can only heal himself from the time that his mutant powers were activated. And the cleft lip was what he was born with, so he can't heal from that. And that was my counter. And that was the only counter I could come up with. Um, but, uh, no, I don't. I, I mean, I think that would be great. I think it's a moot point for us to, like, discuss it, like, too long because it, it yeah. just wouldn't – he wouldn't do it. Adrian Brody, um, man, I just want to see him as the Joker. <laughs> I just I feel always wanted – him and all, Willem Dafoe – him yep. and Willem Dafoe, I, like it just sucks that they never got to be the Joker. Like, uh, that, that, that's that's my thought on that. Um, I I wouldn't no, I wouldn't peg him for for that role. Um, I like I see I like the apartheid aspect of it, like mm-hmm. where you could use someone like Denzel, and it would be you could use either. The South African apartheid, you could use the Rwandan genocide. You could use so many different aspects um, of tragedy that um, are much smaller scale versions of – well, I shouldn't say much smaller scale. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean, like less overall deaths. I'm not trying to minimalize those tragedies. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. But, but like um, – I do think that that would be interesting to to make Magneto be more relevant Dude. within its time to have to to focus on tragedies that happened within the nineties, um, and I think it would make sense to have him be almost this 
Malcolm X character within the Nelson Mandela era of shit. Um, and to have him be the counterpoint to say a Nelson Mandela than uh, what he was originally transposed to be, which is a counterpoint to Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. Um, and I think that would be very interesting. I think that would be I, – and, I, and I think if you were to go that route, I think Denzel would be great. And I think you could – if you threw enough money at Denzel Washington, I think you could maybe get him on board with it. I don't know that. Like, I mean, he could very easily just be like, I'm not doing a comic book movie. Like, and I don't, I've, I've never heard him say one way or another what he thinks about him. Um, but I would love that. Um, I think there's several other. Do you know who's another who would be a great person, but they can't because they wasted his ass in a fucking stupid role in Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, well, it's him too. No, yeah, Idris yeah. would be fucking incredible. I was going to say Jamon Hansu. Would have been fucking great. Oh as well. yeah, he's got yeah. that presence. That yep. I don't know. Ugh. We're just gonna take some of the best black actors and make them nobody fucking characters. I'll even put Chitel yeah. Ejiofor in there, man. I'm sorry, I like Bear Mordo, yeah, but who gives yeah, a yeah. shit about him? These are some of the. This no. is black excellence, damn it! Some of the yeah. best black actors. Fuck. Um, but no, I mean, if you could convince like Denzel Washington, I think, I think honestly, what it would boil down to. And I think it would be – see, this is where I think it would be interesting. I think you could cast – if you were to go this route, and I don't think they will because I think this is like a little too far out there. But I like I like the notion behind it. What if you were to make both Magneto and Professor X be South African residents – who became friends during the apartheid and I love it. So, so you have, cause I mean, it's English people that were there. Like, I mean, uh, there's yeah, South African, and then you could yeah. still have my idea for, um, for professor X. Um, now I can't remember his fucking name. God, this is ridiculous. That's all right. Um, but like, nevertheless, like if you were to have that be the backbone of it, instead of the Holocaust, David O'Leary, I didn't pronounce it right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't I don't even think you – I think, honestly, I think it would make more sense to have Professor X be white and have Magneto be yeah. black because you're drawing those those lines better. Like, it, it, it makes more sense in that aspect why they're both mutants, but um, you have the – Mutant who is the black man who had to suffer through fucking apartheid. He had to see the worst parts of it and have them in, afflicted not only upon them but upon his friends, family, the people he cared for. And then you have the guy who's fighting the apartheid who's white, and he desperately wants to um, not see this happen. And – you know, we can all we, we can have it culminate and them working together and Nelson Mandela becoming president of South Africa and like getting past apartheid and everything else. But it leaves a vast imprint on their um, ideologies. And so you get Magneto becoming, you know, when when the the, the attack on mutants comes, he has his persona on it 
and Professor X has his persona on it because of their difference in race. And I think that would be – I think it would be a very bold way to portray these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think it would – I think it would be very interesting. Like I like that kind of thing to me is way more interesting than you know trying to have some sort of time loop with uh, with the Holocaust and everything else. Like with it, we've done that so many times over. Like I think it would be way more interesting to have that be the thing. But like, but at the same and time, have that have that also- connection, have that connection with them where they were black. One was black, one was white, and they were working together to fight apartheid and so like have that connection be there um you know the fact that you know um professor x is always going to be sympathetic to magneto no no i I agree with you the only thing is unless it's important to make sure that we tell the story of the holocaust for the filmmaker making it you know for you know, any Jewish people out there that relate with that with the character itself and stuff like that, that's something to take into mind. But I think it makes more sense to modernize it, honestly, at this point as well. And um, I, I like your idea. Professor X, there's also two people I just want to throw out there that have been said to death and kind of work with your situation too because they're both British men. Uh, is Ralph Fiennes and Mark Strong, who yeah. would be good. Ray at, Fiennes, Mark Strong, both would be great. Um I uh Ooh, this person would, put Giancarlo Esposito. That's an interesting choice. He would be good in anything though. He'd yeah. Well see, I think I think that I think you could make him be um Magneto? Yeah. Like especially like <clears throat> because like he like he could have it be um, like a, a situation where like he had one parent who was light of skin and one parent who was black and um, sort of have that go between. Um, and I mean, fuck, you could even make it where should Daniel Craig could do it too. You, I mean, honestly, you could have, I I'm just, now I'm just like really spitballing. You could have them even like share a mother. Like if the mother was white and the, the father, one father was black, one father was white. Uh, you could have that step brothers, yeah, like that brothers like type situation. Like, I mean, that would be interesting. Um, obviously, that is more of a thread with Juggernaut um, in the comics. Um, but you I mean you could use that for those two characters instead? Um, a lot of things they could do here. But no, I definitely think if you're thinking about the. The timeline, cultural relevance, I think the South African apartheid is much more in line with where we are now and still culturally relevant as far as race um, than than doing yet another Holocaust thing that is so far away it doesn't really make sense anymore. I mean, unless you're doing, like, a time jump or some type of thing like that. His um, age would not make sense at all. Their ages wouldn't make sense, yeah, Um, being in the current timeline of the MCU. So, um, whereas something that happened in the the 90s, um, and and honestly, you could even have – you could have that happen, and maybe you could have um, them achieve some success there, but then 
have um you know them them part ways but then uh you know magneto goes on to experience he 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 sets out to like like travel through africa to bring peace and then you know ends up being like caught up in the the rwandan genocide and everything else and that continues to like turn his like make him more um uh i don't know just like more antagonistic more um pessimistic as to the human race and everything else i agree like, man and and have it be like it's not even enough it, like for like skin color to determine things like we've got you know the hutus killing the tutsis simply because you think you're better someone once told you you're better than them and like the the human race is just lost you know and have that be like his persona um i, I don't know i think that would be really interesting i i've i've always liked the idea i don't care if they go older and do civil rights era the thing that's great about you know magneto and charles xavier they don't have to be young they can actually be a decent age away from the x-men because they're yeah. both men out there so whether you do something with South Africa or if you do something with the actual civil rights, um, it's just going to be an interesting way of going about it. I just think that if they do choose to do the traditional Magneto, get a Jewish actor. Yes. Just the last two weren't. 100%. And I think that you should tell that story with a person that's, you know, can relate to that story. Um, and if you don't do that, Apocalypse next time, and I know Oscar Isaac is, you know, of a different ethnicity, but try to get someone that's actually from the Middle East or or black or or someone that would make sense to be in ancient Egypt as a fucking god back then. Uh, that's actually shit. If you don't use Denzel for fucking Magneto, let him play Apocalypse. Just uh, give us a long time so we can heal from that last shit pile. Uh, <laughs> but that's well, about that it, man. That wasn't Oscar Isaac's fault, though. No, nothing to do with Oscar Isaac. They made him look like uh, Ooze from fucking Ooze. The Mighty Morphins. <laughs> yes, they did. And it was so bad. So bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would shelve Apocalypse for a while. Um, it just sucks, man. Because enough. shelve, shelve both Apocalypse and Dark and Phoenix Dark Phoenix for a long time. It's thank God we have Doctor Doom, Magneto, and Galactus because it sucks that we have to shelve two of the best villains because Fox fucked them up so bad. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really does. But I mean, I think you have. I to. I mean, Galactus was a fart cloud in but, space. But like, honestly, I think. Uh, like, like, so just real quick, like Dark Phoenix. Do a slow build, like. Do yeah, like yeah. six X Men movies before you fucking get to that, like. Do or at least a full trilogy. Like, well, I guess they did do that with, um, with the uh, the the first class or not first class, but like the the newer X Men movies. Uh, like they, but it's it's man, they so fucking missed the mark on that. Like, oh, again, how do you how do you miss it? Like, almost. I honestly think it was even worse the second time. Like, they got. <clears throat> They at least got, like, some of it right where they brought in, like, the whole cosmic type shit. But, like, man, like, 
you had so much time to prepare prepare for that and you still fucked it up so bad and like like let's just put a pause on that and like build towards her character becoming that and like maybe even give her her own movie um to really build towards it like cuz the, the her whole comic line that builds towards her becoming the dark phoenix is really interesting um where she leaves the x-men and goes off on her own and then meets ah, fuck i forget his name but like dude buddy who was trying to manipulate her and then she finds out and then like it continuously builds and she's got the phoenix inside of her and everything else and like um i think you just gotta really build build that up and they've not successfully done it yet so like it's build it up very slowly over time and and like lay some granules uh some sprinkles uh that allude to it um and really a strong actress for that role you too, just need man. to earn it yes that too because as much as i fucking love game of thrones and i really really love um sophie turner Turner good. in that she did not do a great job as I would have rathered um what's her name? Uh Amber Heard. Egret. Egret. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, not Amber Heard. No, uh, not her. No, uh Egret, uh the one that falls in love with John Snow. That actually married Kid Arrington. Yeah. Um I yeah, can't yeah. remember the I don't know, I can't remember her name, but like Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I mean, she's at least a natural redhead, I think. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I don't think she had the – she didn't have the name recognition, obviously, because we can't remember her name. Um, I mean, do we have to do a redhead? We can just dye Anya Taylor-Joy as fucking hair red. Oh, God, dude. Anya Taylor-Joy would be so – like, that's another actress that I really fucking want in some sort of MCU movie. It sucks that they wasted – like – her talent in uh what the new mutants oh, new mutants man I, that sucks <laughs> like that was so bad um but yeah no uh she she would that would be a good uh casting for uh for Jean Grey someone like I that get, I can get on board with that yeah someone like that how about Emma Stone motive how about uh Michael Jackson's ghost well Anyways. Emma Stone would have Emma Stone would have been perfect but. I don't think uh, she was at a point in her career where she was trying to sign on for multiple fucking shitty uh, Brian Singer-led fucking uh, movies. Uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I just uh, want to say thank you guys for listening. I think we had a fun time talking about everything going on with this phase, including our breakdown of not only Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but also Moon Knight talking about Phase 4, talking about going into Phase 5, and the MCU in general, everything in between. I have to thank my co-host for tonight. Technically, it's tonight when we record this, but whenever you guys listen. But when I do this show, my co-host for this time period, thank you very much, Nick Smith. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, Remember when I said I didn't want to do a three-hour podcast again? (laughs) We did almost three and a half hours, yep. Yeah, uh, when you get us going, it just goes. What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to watch some wrestling and drink a couple beers after this. Uh, I have already drinking several beers, and I'm going to go watch uh, a basketball game. So, uh, yeah. You enjoy your real sports. I'll enjoy my uh, choreographed ones. Oh, but, um, dude, uh, I hope you very much enjoy your choreographed ones. Uh, it's probably going to go better for you than it will go for me. <laughs> I don't know. You don't watch the WWE products. It's really not that good. It's terrible. But, uh, well, you, know, you, you, you don't watch through. the 76ers. It's very terrible. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. So your, your night's going to suck worse than mine based on the sporting yeah, event that we watch. Uh, but anyways... If you guys want to listen, I do these shows every once in a while. Just find them on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Search Dane Rants or Geek Vibes, and then search through those shows for Dane Rants. I'm pretty sure you can just put Dane Rants. And then subscribe. Give me a like. Let me know how much you like me. Don't give me a one-star. Five-star is is the way to go. Just like If you give him four stars, I'm inclined to think you're a fucking hater. Give him five. You're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah, just uh, come join and uh, and have fun with us wacky uh, guys. Uh, you know, whenever we do these shows. So, uh, got a wrestling show too, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Do that show on Saturdays. Get it out by Mondays. Same format. Search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you guys so much. But the geek vibes be with you, and as always, peace out. Peace. And...